Are you telling my mother what I'm looking at when I touch? Hey everybody, it's Boy Howdy Podcast. For this is Bill. This is what the uh, Boy Howdy Podcast for Saturday. What the hell's today's date? It's almost October. Yeah, whatever it is, it's it's damn near close October. Yes, really. And we are here with special guest, my mom. Hi there. This is my mama, Kathy. Yeah, Kathy Maloney is here to talk with us. Oh, that's right. Andy doesn't want me using last names. I we've only been recording for five minutes, and we've already screwed up. <laughs> it's all good. Mostly, I don't want people googling me and finding this podcast. So, well, I don't think anyone knows how to spell Maloney correctly. This is true. Or I'm Andy, sure you guys have lived matter. with this. Yeah, that's true. So, and, yeah, and Kathy and Maloney doesn't exist on the internet. Really? Only Catherine Maloney. You've killed well, them all. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone know what Google Everybody my mother. Then <laughs> there's a Catherine Maloney that's a big time lawyer in Washington D.C. So when people ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, totally Google me. You'll say I'm number one. Yeah, Facebook me. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the number Aww. one person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Andy's uh, parents are in town because well, they they show up every like yeah late September, early October just yep. to visit so Andy and breathe the same air. Yeah. And they were here to uh, for Andy to sign off her papers for her lady. It it's was right. lovely and touching, and we were proud and honored to be a part of it. Thank you, Mama. Yeah, and Bully and I are officially domestically partnered. Man, Woo! you got you got gay married, and I bought the Avengers DVD. <laughs> we both had momentous weeks. What a well rounded week it was. Exactly. Right. Yeah, all of our dreams came true. Well, the though. domestic partner, <laughs> the, dom- the domestic partnership. That's the most married you can get in Oregon right now, that's right? Correct. If you're gay, yeah. That's, it's separate but equal, which you, get- you know is obviously not the best, but it's better than. Did you have to do this like at the courthouse? Uh, it's just at the Multnomah down the street. I take every. It was really funny because I went into work the night on Friday. We did it on a Thursday. I went into work on Friday. My coworkers, all the the lady coworkers, I have like, tell us all about it. And I'm like, well, it was wonderful. We went to the bank. We got sixty dollars cash. And then we went to the Multnomah building, and we made small talk about cats with the clerk until our paperwork was processed, and then we were married. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys have to sign off as witnesses or anything like that? Was there an opportunity to put your name on the paper? Well, we there is a, not on the official document, but there is a unofficial document that has forms for two witnesses. And actually, I would like you to sign that. Yeah, no, that. totally. I mean, why not? Yeah. Was Foley's parents involved in this or anything like that? I mean, that? it was just, we went to a... a it was just a legal procedure. I mean, you know, I think we went to 7-Eleven afterwards for yeah. a celebratory I love when cupcake, people get... But, you know, I mean, it was really low-key. <laughs> I've known people uh, who have, like, gotten married and then, go, like, gone to the comic book shop afterwards after they signed the paper. Like, yeah. it's just, like, part of their day. Like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go get groceries, comics, get married, and sign off to get, you know, it was the certificate. Like paying the water bill. Yeah, exactly. Even, yeah. even the straight people will do that where it's just like, eh. Well, that's true. Unless it's momentous. You know, when we went to get our wedding <laughs> marriage certificate, your dad was in the military, and they had told him that in Texas they would accept a blood test from Georgia if it was done on a military base. Oh, which uh, your dad yeah. did. And when he got to, when we got downtown, Fort Worth, Tarrant County um, courthouse at four fifteen on Friday afternoon, and our wedding was on Saturday, they said we won't accept this. Oh, really? So we go racing out to Carswell Air Force Base, which took about 15 minutes to get there. And Bill walks into the hospital, and he must have been, like, pale white. uh, Because uh, Corman said, sir, the lab is closed. And Bill said, he left me in the car crying. And he said, "Um, my, my, you got to understand, and he explained the situation. And the Corman very kindly walked him back to the lab, did draw himself, Aww. gave him the receipt, and we got back to the courthouse at five till five. Oh my, oh my goodness! And so I in the car, story. I'm crying and going, "Okay, we'll go ahead with the ceremony. We just won't tell anybody that we're not really married." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so much drama. 
And that was the start of our life together. There so I am so glad that you had such a lovely Did it involve tears? We went on a submarine tour afterwards. It was great. It was pretty awesome. Wait, is it on? Yeah, we went on a submarine tour. Oh, my that sounds so cool. Which is great, because my father is like 87 feet tall. We're crawling around through the submarine. Oh, I didn't think about that. At least he's a lanky tall guy. Yeah. It could uh, be worse if he was like balloon shaped or something like that. Just kind of like. Yeah. Oh, that would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lovely day. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. And Papa was so sweet because uh, Papa, we had talked about going out to dinner or something as celebration, and he forgot. He was like, "I want a salad," and I was like, "Okay, well, we'll just stay home and make salad." <laughs> and we did. But it was great. It was perfect. It was like this in my new house. Your new domestic partnership exactly, salad. Exactly. Exactly. It was my new house and my salad. new wife and my family just having a lovely evening at home. Uh, talk about wonderful. being a parent in the early 21st century. We have to go fly up to Portland <laughs> for your daughter's gay marriage thingy in Portland. <laughs> domestic partnership signing to have salad afterwards. That's right. Well, you know, it's not so different than yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people do. I mean, yeah. even straight people. I mean, I know... I've had friends who, you know, fly to Vegas, get married, yeah, exactly, yeah. and then, you know, go shoot craps for, you know, three hours. Exactly. So, uh, I actually prefer that salad. <laughs> when, you guys, when you guys recommit in 10 years, that's what you need to do is go to Vegas, do yeah, shoot shoot some craps. Yeah, there we go. I wanted to. We're celebrating a big anniversary next year, and I kind of wanted to do something, and, and I just got this look from Bill, like, I, okay, but, you know, I'm not really down with that. And I'm like, go to Hawaii or something. No. Money's no, no, no object. No. Come on. Go to Greece. I think we're going to go to Rhode Island. What's in Rhode Island? Providence. I have to go to a conference and <laughs> yeah. a presentation. Yeah, so my mom, work on a vacation. My yeah. mom is going to give a presentation. So I want to talk a little about your job, Mom, because it's very interesting. My mother is the tr- teaching resource coordinator for the Amon Carter Museum in Fort Worth, Texas. I believe. American Art. Of American Carter Art. Museum of American Art. Oh, was it rebranded? Yes, we have rebranded. Excuse me. The Amon Carter Museum of American Art. This is not just the Cowgirl Museum, right? No. no. Did they just have a Cowgirl exhibit and I'm just conflating there, the it, two? Well, oh, yeah, there there are five museums. In yes. Oh, so it's not even related, though. It's a separate I museum. keep on thinking that you're just like sitting on this mountain of Jesse from Toy Story dolls. Like hanging <laughs> no, out. Actually, it's interesting because Jesse is a member of the Hall of Fame. The yeah, Hall I've heard something Fame. about that. Yeah, actually, Annie probably told As me about is, that. Uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder and okay. Georgia O'Keefe and lots of incredible women who still have oh, these cool. ranches in West Texas that yeah. are, you know, just incredible people. But yeah. the Cultural District of Fort Worth is a truly unique place in mm-hmm. that there are three major art collections and then uh, three other museums that deal with a variety of things. The Cowgirl Museum and the Cattle Raisers Museum and the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like OMSI, but then you got to throw in Fort Worth history into that too. So yeah. it's really, and Fort Worth's a, kind of an interesting place. Yeah. And then there's our museum, and we deal with 19th and 20th century American art masterworks, but we have one of the largest Remington, uh, Frederick Remington and Charles Russell Western art collections mm-hmm. in the very world. Cool. It's very cool. And uh, But we also have, the only, we stopped collecting uh, paintings and sculptures in the 1960s, somewhere in there. But we keep, we, we collect contemporary photography. So we can tell that whole story of America oh. from the earliest processes we have through daguerreotypes from the 1840s to contemporary photography. So if we wanted, what's so great about my job is I get to share um, information and digital resources, like digital images of all the artwork in our collection. Yeah. Uh, to with teachers so that they can use them in the classroom and they can teach social studies and science and math and reading mm-hmm. and language arts. Now, yeah. are these mostly so, like resources used for uh, for teachers in the greater Fort Worth area, or is no, it like, actually, even I just all across, across the, the nation? So anyone yeah. who's in oh. the area and would like, 
to get hooked up for Manifest Destiny or physics or if you're talking about reading anything about the Oregon Trail or we've got stuff that we can and we can tell that. The Eamon Carter Museum. Yeah. Eamon Carter Museum of American Art. (laughs) And it's it's www.cartermuseum.org. And even if you are not a teacher, it's a super website to go visit. That sounds pretty cool. Because we have incredible art that people are really amazed. So as you move on down the street, next door to us is the Kimball Art Museum, yeah. which is a yeah, I've heard Andy talk about this yeah. art museum in that it's a it's a uh, Louis Kahn building. It's probably his most famous building. It's and Renzo Piano, who was Louis Kahn's uh, protege or mentor, yeah. uh, it just designed the new addition that they're putting on Ooh, to really? the museum, and it's going to be pretty fabulous. And then beyond that is the Fort Worth Muse- uh, Museum of Modern Art, which is really, it's a, oh, I never can get this guy's name right. The building is gorgeous. The building is incredible. It's Andeo Tomiko Tum- Tomato. I can't, I, I apologize. Whatever it is, it is usurped. Uh, it's definitely better than Fort Worth Art Museum. Oh, these are, any one of these museums beat the pants off. Well, you know, we share some... You know, you've got some great works of art at the Portland Art Museum. No, we do, yeah. but like, it's it's not the museum's terrible. It's just it's it, Pittsburgh's a hole in the ground, and Pittsburgh has a better well, art museum. By, their their original building is not. It's I tiny. Say, it's not very conducive to no. having a really great art experience. Yeah. No, and we're very lucky because Philip Johnson designed our building. So we we started off with this very small building because it was all Remington and Russells, and then the collection grew and. Um, we started buying abstract art, modern art, mm-hmm. you know, Depression era art, all this stuff. And uh, we really started focusing on the entire American art story. And so our collection grew so much that we had to expand in the 80s. And so Philip Johnson came back, yeah. did the redesign. We doubled our space. Well, about 10 years ago, we st- we now over ha- we have over 300,000 works in our collection now. And so Philip Johnson came back again for the third iteration <laughs> two years before he died. So it was really incredible. And yeah. we tripled our gallery space. And now yeah. we have this magnificent space oh, to really appreciate. Museum. It huh. really is the most gorgeous house for American art. And um, we really, it's, you know, really, even if they didn't, they pay me a very good living wage. But even if they didn't pay me, the ambiance alone is worth just walking in the door and getting to see all this stuff every day. It's yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, uh, shout out to my teacher peeps. <laughs> and anybody who has a teacher friend, please have them contact the TRC at cartermuseum.org. That's my email. Oh, very cool. And I'll hook you up yeah. with free stuff. And all of our services are free for teachers. Everything we do at the museum is free. We're free every day of the year to all of our visitors. Mm-hmm. And all of our programming is free. And it's out of the very generous um, donations of members, members and friends and the Eamon Carter Foundation, the family who still, the uh, his daughter is still the president of our board. Okay. And so they're just awesome. And Fort Worth is a art yeah. loving town. We are Cowtown, truly down to our down to the soles of our boots. Yep. <laughs> but we love our art, mm-hmm. and um, we have lots of really cool stuff now. The cultural district is huge. It, covers miles and miles and it includes the botanical research institute of texas which is brand new brand new Mm -hmm. building and i'm in there um it includes uh the will rogers coliseum which has kind of a funny story because when the state fair was being built in the 1930s dallas got it 
uh, Eamon Carter was so incensed that he went to the federal government and he got funding to build the Will Rogers Center. I didn't know that. Yes, and so it's it's really cool. It's got a coliseum. It's got an yeah. auditorium. Oh, that it is was built to start. It was built to house the Fort Worth Stock Show and Fat Stock Show and Exhibition, which is our rodeo that we have every year in January, which is over 100 years old now. But he also built Casa Manana. Oh, or yeah. spearheaded that. And he the hell is Casa Manana? Casa Manana, House of the Future. House of the Future. House of, House of Tomorrow. Yeah. Was um, originally an outdoor kind of a nightclub, aquacade, burlesque theater setting where you could have, it was huge. It was like 2,500 people could sit there. Yeah. And it was like they had this moat thing that people could actually swim in and do stuff. But they had dancing girls. And the buzz was if you wanted to get educated, you went to Dallas and go to the State Fair. If you want to have fun, you come to Fort Worth. <laughs> yep. And that's pretty much the attitude. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. Um, you know, if, if that's, we all, uh, Fort Worth hates people from Dallas. Yep. And Dallas <laughs> condescends to people of Fort Worth. Yep. <laughs> so that's just, it's still there. It will probably always be there. Although I know people who are new to the town and they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, and at well. this point, now, especially with Arlington having kind of merged the two, it's really one. Arlington's one the buffer. <laughs> Arlington's the buffer between the two. But it's, you <laughs> now drive <laughs> between Dallas and Fort Worth and it's uninterrupted. How far Dallas is Fort Worth? Uh, about an hour, hour. 30 miles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't started kind of like colliding a little bit more. Well, people call it DFW all the time. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a compromise. They wanted to have it FWD, but that wouldn't go. <laughs> so oh. it was DFW. Uh, oh, well. So, but anyway, so yeah. That's the story of, that's the glory of Fort Worth. It's the story of Mom and Fort Worth, Texas. Woo! I love Fort Worth. Yeah, if y'all, are ever, if y'all are ever at the uh, Fort, if you ever have to do a layover at DFW, if you can make it a day, Go there's to train. the there's train. Go to the cultural district, district Fort Worth, Texas. That's right. You will take, not the, regret. take the TRE to downtown Fort Worth, and then take bus number two out to the old plop. You're right in the middle of the cultural district. It's pretty awesome. Oh, very cool. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's been a great trip so far. We've been doing keeping things pretty low key. The one thing we did do was on um, Thursday after we had our grand adventure wandering around, we came back home, and um, Foley and I had to go run an errand. We came back. My folks were watching uh, Sherlock. The BBC mm. special drama. Because my mom has... Had Dad not seen Series 2? Is that what was No, we've on? seen it. Oh, okay. I don't think I've still seen Series 2 either. Yeah. I saw... I. So we watched <laughs> Episode 1, Series 2 of Sherlock with yeah. the woman. Isn't there only like three episodes? Yes. Yeah, there are three episodes yeah. of each series. Which, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. BBC, yeah. Do something about that, huh? <laughs> that's why you get for the same guy running Doctor Who is also the same guy running Sherlock. So that's you're right. only going to get Sherlock every two episodes. Yeah, you're going to get that like two, like every two years at the most. What was know? really funny is that we so we watched Sherlock, and mm-hmm. then a couple of hours later was the premiere of Elementary. I had no idea that was already coming out. Yeah. yeah. So it was really strange to watch Elementary having literally just watched Sherlock. So what What do you think? How does it hold up? does not hold up very well when you've just watched Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they go so far off canon, it's not even funny. Yeah, my mom is a big mystery reader, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sherlock has, not only has sex, but he has sex with the Dominatrix. Dominic, I can't say that. Dominatrix? Dominatrix? Which is kind of a, I think, a kind of an interesting nod to Irene Adler, because yeah. they've recently made Irene Adler a Dominic. Dominatrix. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I got you And so <laughs> I think that's, I think that's part of the reason why they did that. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, Lucy Liu is Watson, and he's in New York City, and his father is alive. So it's like, 
Excuse me? <laughs> it's, it doesn't seem like NBC is that worried about hewing very closely to the original source well, material. Kind of I like, mean, Watson kind of is like an Asian lady now. <laughs> it's kind of like what Disney does to its yeah. story. Yeah. So it's just like, like the great mouse detective. human beings and not anamorphized anamorphized rats or whatever. <laughs> what's the first episode of Sherlock is that or uh, off of elementary is that even based off any of the original Sherlock stories that you know of? Oh, or was it just kind of a random CSI just it, it's not really you know Sherlock Holmes is I but probably CSI people looked at Sherlock Holmes and used that as kind of a guidepost but yeah. Sherlock Holmes is so different from csi movies to me yeah. i mean yeah. or csi shows it's it's not clinical at all it's all very it seems very wrapped up in sherlock holmes's persona and so yeah. you can't well he filters the, the whole world through it. its through his, his own yeah, personality his yeah. it's his point of view and so that's why sometimes um, he has a, like weird like arbitrary like blind spots and stuff like yeah. absolutely absolutely he's so his mind is so busy seeing and observing that i don't think he can see and observe everything so yeah. he's picked and he's picked and choosed what he wants and that's what he's picked and chosen to but see. That, that is one of the cool things about the Sherlock show is that every episode is based off an actual story even though yeah. it's kind of like you yes. know rejigger and stuff like that. that that is cool I'm assuming Elementary can't do that if they really do mean to be a TV show that has like 22 episodes a season for yeah. how many you seasons you can't do that you'll be done within a year so yeah exactly. but it was yeah. it was a good um I thought that the uh formula was very good in yeah. that they followed the way Sherlock thinks but doggone it, it's these people who speak at 100 miles an hour with a British accent. And I'm going, I can't understand you! I can't even oh, he's still, he's still British on yeah. elementary? Yes, yeah, he, he is. is still British. He has gone through You rehab. think that's the one thing you would change? He's just... had his 28 days of rehab, and but he's that's off Sherlock drugs, Holmes. and he's in New York. Oh, so he's an ex-junkie, they, they at least kept the drug addict part? Yeah, well, that's uh, Emma Watson is his mind, or Emma Watson. Lucy Liu. Wow! Oh. I don't know what just happened in Andy's, my brain. Andy's fan casting without even realizing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, oh. Lucy, I actually really liked Lucy Liu's Watson. Lucy Liu is his minder to basically make sure he doesn't relapse. Do they make That's, out? They do not. Oh, and okay. I understand that. I don't think they. I don't think I they, they will. Don't. I hope it's, they don't either. Well, the big would... thing about Sherlock is that all everyone cut, uh, slashes uh, oh. Watson and, and Sherlock on that. Where like all the girls yeah. are like, oh my god, they should kiss. Oh, well, I did want to say that what was really funny it was uh, on an uh, uh, acquaintance of mine hates. What's his name? Stephen Moffat? Yeah. Because he says, Stephen Moffat, I don't mind homosexuals, but Stephen Moffat has a homosexual agenda. All of his shows, he's trying to shove down his homosexual agenda. Just trying to mind. And the th- is a British accent. <laughs> was it just me? Oh, I know you saying. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so, uh, and, and, uh, oh. this is the, the first episode of series two of Sherlock, and, like, he does have a homosexual agenda. Irene Adler is queer, but she's in love with Sherlock, and she keeps making, and they keep making jokes about Sherlock and Watson being a couple. I'm like, oh, James hates this episode. <laughs> This is his homosexual agenda. Uh, but that was always implied in the... I mean, it wasn't It wasn't that they were a couple. That was mm-hmm. not implied. What was implied is that everyone assumed that they were a couple, and they weren't. And yeah. it pissed Watson off. Yeah. Sherlock could have cared less. Yeah. So... Because Sherlock well, it's funny asexual. that even the Robert Downey Jr. movies play with that, too, where it's like, oh, oh let's do. flirt. Dude, they're bros forever. Are you kidding? Yeah. Their, their and, bromance is epic. And I think that the movies actually... The Watson's uh, wife, Mary. Yeah, I think is her name. she is 
awesome. She's great. She I love is. Her. The, I took as far as I'm concerned, she's one of the best things in that movie. Yeah, she is really that. I would watch a movie that was just Jude great. Law and Mary. I would. I, I would too. That Does she would get be badass in the sequel? Because I don't remember anything about her in the first movie. She. Oh well, she's mostly just there, and she doesn't put up with Sherlock's crap. Yeah, and the Sherlock makes her cry second. when he, he first gets introduced to her. When he deduces yeah. everything about her, and he's like, "Oh, you're a so and so," and blah blah blah. She goes, "I'm a but you're on the way." That's all I remember about that character. Oh, not in, uh, that's not the, in the sequel. She's, yeah. she, does a, she does a really she does good put, job. The sequel starring your uh, Prometheus lady. Is it New Mirror Pace. Yeah. That's right. My Prometheus lady. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Elementary, it was, it was kind of, you know. I'll watch it again. It, it was just a pilot. It could become better. It featured a lot of cello music by Zoe Keating. Oh, it actually did in the artist. final episode? Yes. Well, there was a scandal. I wanted, what I wanted to go with. Oh, uh, they must have the thrown some bucks pilot, Well, they did finally license it. The pilot got leaked. And it was floating around, and people kept going, oh, Zoe Keating, we used your music, that's so great. She goes, really? Because they never paid me for it. Ooh, man. So they did, they did not license for the pilot, and the argument was, well, it's not meant to be distributed, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't... It well, it's not officially aired yet, but they had distributed it to reviewers it had been and stuff like that. Yeah. Thing, so Under it, the guise of, this is what we're going to be showing, like, two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah, and sure enough, they did, and they did eventually license for music. And well, they use it extensively. That's flying by the seat of your pants legally, it though, was when you're, like, not extensive. even having a conversation with the music holders. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming, does she publish her own music, or she, she actually published through a label? Uh, she, no. She's self-published. Oh, that's even more because there's so no... that's when they say it, it wasn't like oh they talked to my people I never heard yeah. about it. It's like they call her and maybe her baby picks up the phone. It's like no no I'm we're fine. airing this Thursday. <laughs> Do you want fifty dollars? Yeah, exactly. Subway sandwich. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Do you like a free elementary DVD set when they come out next year? Yeah, <laughs> it's a collectible. Jesus. I read an interesting article about magicians the other day and mm-hmm. how magicians, people who create magic tricks for a living are kind of given up on doing it because piracy is so bad yeah, in magic. magic piracy. That, uh, it, they say it's Something not even, I never thought about before, it's, yeah. It's not even... Like more, actual stage, stage uh, magicians. Well, like, like Teller from Penn and Teller yeah. developed this beautiful, beautiful trick about he stands in front of a, um, a pad of paper and he, it, he has a rose on a table, a mm-hmm. single stem rose, and it projects a shadow onto the paper. And what he does is he takes out a knife and he cuts the shadow on the paper and the it cuts the rose on the what? table. So, yeah. So, anyway, it's, that's the, and he goes through this whole thing. And so yeah. that's the trick. And apparently this gentleman from some European country watched that video over and over again and figured out how to do it. He, he uh, reverse engineered it. Hmm. And... Uh, yeah, in the infer- and, information age, that's going to get out, like, once anyone figures out that church road for everybody. But yeah. at the end of his yeah. YouTube version of this, he was selling the trick. Yeah. And, you know, Teller's like, what yeah. the? But you can't you know, put a copyright on a trick, I guess. Actually, you can. Oh, you can? Yes, you can. And, well, you like, said that, like, put a patent on it or something? Yes. Yeah. But it's so it's difficult to, to prosecute yeah. and to enforce that... that it's virtually impossible. Oh man, that so sucks. It does because they were saying that there's this one guy who is the premier magic trick inventor in the world, and he's just kind of stopped. He doesn't give. He doesn't. Sell he's, it he's an older guy, though. He writes everything in a book, mm-hmm. and that's he says he won't share it because everybody steals it. Yeah. So there's your copyright lesson for the day, ladies and gentlemen. You need to pay those artists. <laughs> That's right. To, it's a pain. That is fascinating. Me, I deal yeah. with rights and reproductions all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, even I can't share things with teachers. And you think with educational fair use that I can share anything with teachers. But no, you really can't. You have to be careful about what you share. And if you, and you 
we always tell teachers that please include the name of the artist, even if it's public domain. Mm -hmm. You always include that information because you're one of the first teachers yeah. of political or political uh, intellectual property. Yeah, and that's so a good you point. need to be as respecting the artist and respecting the work that they did, even if they've been dead for a hundred years. Mm. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. I'm going to go to the magician bay now and just download all the tricks I can. <laughs> like the pirate bay. We're going to go to hell. <laughs> Your joke is funny, Bill. But I still have to buy a top hat and a bunny from somebody. I just can't pi da download that from the internet. Uh, get right. a stuffed animal first. And <laughs> Dead <laughs> dumb do not eat. Yeah. Exactly. Dead animals are a bad thing. So, Bill, what'd you do this week? Man, what did I do? Oh, God, what'd I do? I saw Looper. We we're can't going to talk, talk about Looper at the back end of the podcast. It's a terrible, terrible You movie. shut your mouth. <laughs> you, you shut, shut your, your whore mouth. <laughs> Bill, what else did you do this week? Uh, we'll talk about Looper at the end of the podcast. Um, man, I can't talk about Little Miss Raw because it's got boobies in it. So what is this about Anne Hathaway's boobs? <laughs> so I you... showed her boobs. Do you know, so you know Les Mis? Yeah, I've always heard Les people Les talk about it. So I guess, well, I guess there's a lot, uh, a new, there's a movie of it coming out this Christmas. Yes, and I understand it's supposed to be very good. I don't know anything about it. So it takes place during the French Revolution? It Have does. you not it's even read story. the book? That's what I'm saying, though. No, I know it's Victor Hugo. The book is French good. Revolution. Is it French Revolution? And Les Mis is a wonderful, emotive, semi-opera. Yes, yeah. it's also. Well, I went to go see Looper yesterday. This is the first time I've been to the movies in probably 20 years where they only showed two trailers. One of which really? was just the 15-minute featurette about Les Mis. It wasn't even like a normal trailer. Oh, it was, it like was more like... Because the, the, the idea they were talking about, uh, not even the whole making of Les, Les, Les Mis, is that what you call it? Yes. Uh, they were just talking about how the fact that for this movie that's coming out this Christmas, uh, it's all all the vocal performances are captured live on stage. It's not like they oh, uh, recorded awesome. the album first and lip-synced. Yeah. The idea is that like all the songs, that's supposed to be live captured right there wow. and so like, for 15 minutes you're just hearing everyone talking about like i can sing right here and they're actually going to record it live it's gonna be so awesome and talking about all the mics they have to all the you actors did. have to wear in the lapels to capture this stuff yeah uh but uh it, just, it looks really pretty but i guess anne hathaway is the main character she gets her hair cut off and stuff mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. but she's like wearing this bodice and her she doesn't have huge boobs but like she's singing and, like there's this one scene where she's like her boobs are like i i was alarmed two people <laughs> in the audience laughed because they thought her boobs are about to fly out. She's all dirty and grubby, and she's trying to sing, but you're just like, like what, waiting to see her boobs fly out of her corset as she's bending over in this corset singing. And I don't I, think that her. I don't think that would have been uh, incorrect for the period. I yeah, think that, that was probably. And so that was my big takeaway from seeing the lame thing. I will pay nine dollars to go see that movie. I'm sure that's a Tom Hopper. She's awesome in it. I bet yeah. she's. I and and Hugh Jackman, even Russell Crowe is Javert. I one of the Jonas Brothers in the movie. You know, he did Les Mis on Broadway, and so I listened to it on PBR. Russell Crowe did? No, Jonas. Uh, one of oh, the Jonas one of the Jonas, Brothers. though. I think okay, it was yeah, the Joe band. Jonas. But he was on PB. It was on PBS. Uh -huh. PBR. That was your father's uh, fraternity. Uh, PBS. <laughs> and I was pretty impressed. He yeah. was darn good. This trailer convinced me to go buy a ticket sometime this Christmas. Because, like, even, like, the everybody movie looks pretty enough. The cast Les is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's like, everybody should see Star Wars. Everybody yeah. needs to see Indiana Jones. Everybody should is see Is that Andrew Lloyd Webber? No. Who did the... No, it's not. I don't know who did Blame Is. It's been around for a long time. I can't remember who did Man, I was going to fist fight at Trivia Night the other night because I was trying to, like, uh, one of the answers to a question was this 1950s, or 1960s musical about gangs in New York. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Stephen Sondheim. West Side Story. And everyone's like, oh, that's not Stephen Sondheim. And I was like, yes, it is. Yes, I just it is. Yeah. Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, and so we, the only reason we actually got that point is because I pressed my Way point. Way to go, Bill. Yeah, that's not that I know that much 
about musicals. I'm still musically stupid. I like. You know, I've seen some that, Sondheim. It's that cultural. It, there are just certain things everybody should do, and I think well, yeah. this is something that everybody should do. So that just so you can have that, you can be part of that cultural memory. Oh yeah, I'll see it at Christmas. There you and go. It's, I'll it's try a, to pay attention to not the songs, not just waiting for It's a story that that makes you cry and pisses you off. Yeah. Is it a really long? Well, I'm assuming it's going to oh, be musical. It's, musicals it's, tend to be like three hours long, well, unless it's is itself. I think the original is. Isn't it like eight hours? It's a long damn musical. And then you would go, and they would have a oh, break God. after four hours, and you, everybody would bring their lunch. Yeah. And then you'd eat, and then they'd go on and finish it. It's kind of like uh, the ring cycle. With oh, yeah. Wagner, yeah. Wagner, yeah. Just yeah. don't stay all day. Yeah. And that's a little much, but, you know, abridged Les Mis. Is yeah. Okay, I'm glad you're here to tell me about Les Mis. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, all I knew is like Russell Crowe looking fat and with a Napoleon hat. <laughs> He's gonna be great. I have no idea who play, what he plays. He he's doesn't sing in the trailer. When he grows up. Yep, he's, he's already halfway, halfway there. there yeah. yeah. Well, I love uh, Kate Beaton said it best when she talked about how Javier is just like what is it like a bread crime prosecuting robot. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's his character. Because that's because what's his butt? The whole the whole reason why Javier. <laughs> The whole reason why Russell Crowe is tracking down Hugh Jackman, like, I will kill you, is because Hugh Jackman sold bread for his family. Yeah, because, like, in the trailer, and then they spent 18 hours trying to kill each other. <laughs> and that's what pisses you off. You're like, yeah. this is so inconsequential. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, the trailer, Russell Crowe, he doesn't sing all. He's just, like, he has his little hat on. He's just kind of glaring at everybody, and that's it. He sings. I would assume he would have Russell Crowe sings. Yeah. Oh, he's a I band. guess if he's going to be in this movie, I mean, well, that doesn't mean he sings. <laughs> no, he is the singer saying, in his in his band. I've never heard of him. He's just kind of grunt. I've never I guess heard. I, well, they don't let him sing in the trailer, so maybe it's not that good. <laughs> well, if you're going to lead with singing, you're going to lead with Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman. I was yeah. going to say those people have props. When they hosted they the good. Oscars, they were fantastic they're together. Fantastic. I'm glad that's what I'm glad to see. Is this the first movie they're doing together? Are are their characters supposed to be lovers? Because well, it seems like she's the main chicky, and it seems like he's the main guy he whatever it is he's the he's well, singing at the beginning it's, it's um it's what's his name it's victor hugo so they're the 80 billion characters all in yeah. well that's all wonder remember. i can't remember i don't you think they, they are i don't yeah i can't i can't remember I genuinely and i'm can't. not sure who anne hathaway plays so. i vaguely remember her character and i remember her hair gets cut her hair gets cut off all i know because she's super sad I can't remember. Yeah, because in, in the when they're interviewing for their trailer, she looks like someone slapped her upside the head. I love her Anne hair is just like and Hathaway's good. I she, think she's a fabulous. Actress. Yeah, but she's she been, was really good in The Dark Knight, right? Is it she has been good in everything. I mean, even well, the Princess Diaries. I thought she was charming. Well, and she's funny. She is the good. new uh, what's her face, Mary Poppins. Yeah, and she's the new. There's a reason why she got Mary cast Poppins in that movie. Is the funniest. It is the best thing I've ever seen on SNL. Yeah, her her impersonating Mary Poppins on SNL was the most magical thing. She channeled Julie. Well, Julie. Julie Andrews, yeah. Well, she spent enough time under Julie Andrews' tutelage. That's all I'm saying. Her first movie is under Julie. It's like, yeah, she's yeah. the new poke, uh, like new uh, uh, Julie Andrews Pokemon. <laughs> That's it. It's the next generation. It's yeah. Me. yeah. That's right. So what you're saying is that Anne Hathaway is the looper of Julie Andrews. <laughs> she's gonna have to kill Julie. Only, no, only no killing is involved. <laughs> poor, poor uh, Julie Andrews can't even sing back anymore. Yeah. Well, oh, I did she have like she? Oh, her snur- I think she neck- can sing, just not much. Yeah. Not in the range that she could. She once yeah. could. Can, can't hit those high E, those yeah. high C's. So the other thing that we did, <laughs> Julie this week, Andrews. I gotta write this down. Julie's Anne, ha- Anne Hathaway's looper. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Uh. So the other thing we watched this week. We watched Mindy Kaling's new show. How was that? I missed that. Mom, actually. So Mindy Kaling was um, a writer in The Office, and she also played. I can't remember her character's name on The Office now. She played. Wasn't it just Mindy? I no 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 no, it wasn't. I can't because a lot of them are named their actual names. I can't remember her name now. But anyway, she was a great character in The Office. She just played this dumb. 
like uh, basically a dumb blonde who happened to be a young Indian woman. And her character is great. She wrote a great book this last summer called Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? Or like, maybe it was last year, which is a great book. But the Mindy Kaling show is adorable because it's all about Mindy Kaling, a young OBGYN. Name another TV show you saw about an OBGYN who is obsessed with romantic comedies. Uh, the Cosby show. Oh, that's, oh that's true. That's true. Mm. Um, and also a minority, too. This is its own sitcom <laughs> subgenre. Minority have... OBGYN ladies. <laughs> only no, it was Cosby. He was the OBGYN. Oh, was he the OBGYN? Because yeah. I know his wife she was, was a doctor she was too. A, no, she was a lawyer. Oh, okay. We're, we're, we're scratch bad on that. Your, your Cosby Reverse show that, candy, scratch so. that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, uh, no, it's, and she's obsessed with romantic comedies. And she's trying oh, to watch You're going to love this. I yeah. Like and she's like, she's, there's this British guy who works at the hospital too. And, and, and she's like, he's just like Robert Everett and, 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 uh, um, uh, Bridget Jones's diary. And it's basically like, why would you want to be Robert Everett and Bridget Jones's diary? So assuming it's like it's, really self-deprecating and stuff. Because that, yeah. that seems to be a big part of her shtick. Yeah, oh yeah. And it, but it was, it was, was it very called? charming. It's called The Mindy Project. It's on Fox. Oh yeah. It comes on. Yeah. yeah. It just I, showed this week. This hopefully it'll last long enough for you to actually watch it. It won't just be yeah. two episodes. You know, Fox has really stepped up its game. I think that they yeah. do some really good shows now. I don't know anything about Fox I other watching than... Glee. Yeah. That's what I keep on hearing from people. People who are Glee, Glee fans have jumped off that, that train. I just I just don't want to see the new Glee. Yeah? Yeah. And I like, Aren't I like they it changing a lot of the characters? Didn't they actually let them graduate from high school? Or something yes, happened. They did, I heard there was apparently a, some the fan kinda... base said you can't let go of Kurt and you can't let go of Rachel, so they're actually going to follow their stories as oh, they go. Yeah. Yeah. But they let go of Finn, and he was my favorite guy. Yeah. So. Have you seen? I watched one episode of Glee, and I was like, "Glee is not for me." <laughs> well, and I watch it because I really like the singing. I I'll even download that. the yeah. iTunes songs. I mean, those warblers oh, have... are incredible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, anybody who sings acapella to me is just yeah. awesome. But yeah. Anyway, did you I'm know sorry, the Glee I mean, guy? Oh no, I you're to, fine. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to resort it, but I but I do like Fox shows. I think they have what really else Fox changed have the game. Bones is. I keep on hearing good things about Bones. Bones is cute. Shows. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You watched. Yeah, I remember. We watched, watched the first season of Bones, and they yeah. just—they've really done a good job at evolving those characters. I mean, Temperance Brandon is so different yeah. than she was from the first season. That's the main lady. That's the main. She's yeah. Bones, and uh, and they've got some new shows on too. I, you know, Zoe Dashanel is on the new. Oh girl, yeah. Oh yeah, I heard about and that. And I yeah. adore Zoe Dashanel and the new girl. It's cute, but it's not. I don't know if it's going to sustain the cute thing. I don't no. know. Cute is hard to maintain. Cute's hard to do and to be and to be good. It, you you know, can't be like seven seasons into it and stuff. I'm the new girl. I'm so cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That can it only go grow, for so long. It, it gets a little wearing. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm kind of surprised she's doing a TV show because it seemed like she had a burgeoning Hollywood career. It's funny she, that she, she, good money. she could sing for Cotton for years as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I um, love what she TV did. is good money, man. You get on TV, it's a steady job, then you get syndication. I was going to say, and you get to come home at six or seven o'clock. Well, you do have like the whole summer off or whatever the production yeah. break is during TV actually, you could still do movies it's not like you're steady work man yeah. although it's funny she said she's never going to be able to cut her bangs and she's never going to wear glasses because she says I'm all bangs and eyes it's That's true all I can totally see that said, yeah it, does she have is she naturally glasses wearer I don't think so but I think oh. she's like it's not an option <laughs> Siri she better not be myopic because man she'll just have to stumble around make your Siri joke Bill go ahead is it raining <laughs> Have you seen the iPhone commercials where she's talking to her phone and she's looking out the window oh, and it's raining yes. and she has to ask the phone if it's raining? <laughs> that just like uh, that just kind of cracked me up. Well, you know, it could be like I was watching a show the other day and it was a local show and, and they were advertising a roofing company. Yeah, and it was so obvious that they had the garden hose on and raining on the. <laughs> 
nowhere else in the yard was it even wet. And we're sitting there, we're going, uh, driveway's I dry, the grass is dry, the cars are dry. I love any kind of locally produced t- like uh, TV commercials are the best. Oh my god. Do you, know, do you know the couple of guy named Rhett and Link? No. no on their inter internet tainers. And they're very funny. They have something called the Rhett and Link Show. And they mm-hmm. do, or good, no, Good Mythical Morning. That's what it's called. Good Mythical Morning. And it's one of the few podcasts I actually, I don't, sorry, I don't listen to you guys. You're not you allowed told to. Me not allowed You're to. not allowed to. Yeah, no, there's no, been a couple, like, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but Rhett and Link is very entertaining. And um, they, they, one of the things that they were doing for IFC is they were making, they were called Commercial Kings. And they would make Oh, I heard about this. Okay, guys. I did hear about this, yeah. yeah. They are so so funny because they're trying not to be they're trying to be very serious about what they do and to really make these people look good but they're not being condescending jerks not not at all they're being and they're in them and i mean they're they're doing a really good job but some of those commercials are some of the (laughs) things i've ever seen in my life (laughs) they've got this one about this guy who is in tennessee and he picks up trash that's what he does and yeah and his I can't even remember what his name is, but he, he rides around on a donkey and he carries his plunger and he says, if you don't do what I say, I'm not going to pick up your trash. <laughs> and he says, and if I want to pick up your trash, I'm going to do this. And he bonks you with the plumbers, the, with the plunger. plunger, and it's like, boom. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? I don't think I can get that. There's this fat black guy out of Chicago. He, he must have had an uncle who died and left him like some kind of like office inventory building or something like that. Because now he runs this business where it's it's a it's a store. He runs out storage space and also has a barbecue joint on the premises. So he's like, you need to store your crap stored here. Also, get some ribs. Amen. And uh, that commercial's kind of yeah. Oh, and I'll, then they did the one about the Indian family who owns the All American Car Wash. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they dress up like George Washington, and, like, and they wear these. And they're oh, that is incredible. Oh, it's awesome. Aww. It's just so funny. But the best local commercials come out of Louisiana. Oh, when we lived yeah. in Baton Rouge. Because not only do they do weird stuff down in Louisiana, crazy stuff, but they also do it with that French Acadian, yeah, that accent, Cajun <laughs> accent, and they call everybody Cher. Yeah. And so, you know, let's say whatever they do. I love your drug. Yeah, Okay, I don't know what you're selling, but Leia, let's do it. Did you know they film Looper in Louisiana? Louisiana and China. Well, yeah. What are you, do? you know, makes sense to me. Well, you know, I was telling mom and dad, I was telling dad after the movie in the in the movie. We won't get, we'll save spoilers for the back end of the podcast. But in the movie, China is you know they only you see China briefly, but it's very nice and nicely developed, and clearly that's where all the wealth is and all where all the success yeah, are. Clearly, they're the superpower. They and uh, what's funny, it's just a very subtle thing, and it's good world building. But the movie was half funded by Chinese backers. Oh, was it? Yes. That is why they filmed in China, and it was half funded by Chinese backers. I'm from the future. The Trust me. Louisiana. Go to China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a great part of the movie where there's a character from the future talking to, to spoilers. Just go to love it, and Just Gordon Love is like, I'm learning French. I'm gonna go to France. And this guy looks at him and goes, I'm from the future. Don't go to France. Go to China. <laughs> and like, you know, I would totally go back and tell myself that my 1980s self, like, don't go to Paris. Why? It's, no, I, Paris you, is great. It's not like Paris is something you've terrible. Never been to Paris, Paris was. Awesome. I've heard good things. Parisians I have not heard from anyone. Suck. Yeah. Well, I hear Parisians. That. Well, that's yeah, the stereotype that. or the French being oh, like, oh, it, it is stereotype with a good reason. <laughs> yeah. But it's not but like China suddenly. I remember back in the 80s, I was thinking about this last night, how, like, Back to the Future 2, like, mm-hmm. Japan was supposed to be taking over the future in, like, 20. Like, yes. now. Yes, yeah, and now, yeah. like, now, 30 years later, now the 
future prognostication, 30 years from now, China's going to take over everything. I'm sure everyone's going to get flip-flopped when uh, people are making time travel movies about the future in, like, 2044. It's going to be, like, Yukidor. It's going to be in, in <laughs> like, Vietnam or something like that. Exactly. It's always going to be Asians taking over America. I want it to be Brazil, but, you know? Or something just like, like that. You know, Ooh, Madagascar. Latin, Latin Americans, they're, they're, they, they can get tough, man. They'll, they'll yeah, rise yeah, up they'll and take a, out China. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I've been reading this week. Um, I know, right? Oh, you got the casual vacancy. I did. Matt, my copy from Amazon was supposed to show up today, but I don't think it's show up till Monday. How was that? Um, well, it opens with a death. Uh, eight pages in, she is describing in detail a woman's boobies. Yes! Ten pages in, the swears start. Yes! So she's like, hey everybody, this ain't a Harry Potter. No, it's, I'm enjoying it. So this podcast, because Annie's mom is here, this is the Harry Potter of our, of our podcast because we're not swearing. <laughs> Our usual podcasts are our casual vacancies where it's talking about movies and smart and stuff like that. That's how I like to think of that. I don't mind talking about movies. We don't mind, we don't mind writing about Harry you Potter with our last episode. It boobies. We did nicely. Well, it's as nicely as Bill Kill. You did not use the word titties. Titties. We did the show notes, yeah. Titties. Anyway, the casual vacancy. Only about 25 pages in, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's You have to walk into it not thinking about Harry Potter. Oh, it's a big old books it's a doorstop I, um, oh really it's uh you cannot because it is not a harry potter book at all and um none of the characters are likable so far she feels no need to make any well, of them a lot likeable. of the characters in harry potter aren't likable harry potter himself is not that interesting but harry potter is likable and you can identify with him despite sometimes the bad decisions yeah, that kind of curious. Well, that's where it's very much in the british tradition that's what i was about to say yeah they don't necessarily write likable people but the harry potter books yes there are a lot of unlikable people but there are tons of people you can throw your weight behind and you're like I love Ron. I that's because there are tons of Neville. people. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the core, like the core is filled with good people that you love. And when Eventually. you finish Harry Potter. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so I mean, who liked Hermione when she first came on? Yeah, she was kind of. I identified with her. Are you kidding? Oh, no, she was way too smart, way too smarty pants. I mean, she was just like, she, you know. But she's at least grading in a way that you know she's going to be a main character and grow on you. She's not completely insufferable, yeah, I mean, but she is kind of like, man, I could sympathize with her And Ron's so kind of stupid. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I identified with Ron. Okay, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's that I'm broken in just the right ways, or I identified with both the dumb one, who's <laughs> no good, and the insufferable no one else. Maybe that's it. Not to say those characters are bad, but yeah, at least they had the room to grow. Yes. Yeah, but uh, no, yes. so far yeah, it's grow. it's really interesting because we usually see some sliver of their humanity or whatever. Everyone in this book is terrible, which is the point. It's about a small town and all small town prejudices and all these things, and it opens with this death and all the people reacting to this death, and no one is sad. I'll say that. Yeah, there are varying levels of that's very British. I was going to say, yeah. Agatha yeah. Christie has done that more than once. So. It reminds me of um, a lot of Hot Fuzz because that is really my only rough point. Because I've not read any Agatha Christie or anything like that. I have no point of reference for the. I know. Hot Fuzz was written by Agatha Christie? No, let me finish my sentence. It's like small town England, like, and all the. Oh, yeah, exactly, you know, like yeah. Inbreeding. Like, That's a little village. Yeah, country that. village. Yeah. Oh, that could be like a little town in Texas, too. I mean, it it's could. Just little towns. Yeah. Are just, I don't read these books. The insular little town, yeah. It's really what it's about. It's about this small town and everything that goes. What happens? I don't know. I'm only like 50 pages in. I'm enjoying it so far. But people who pick it up going, I know J.K. Rowling are going to be seriously uh, Yeah, I'm curious to see what the said. reviews are like yeah, in a week. Said, don't expect don't expect anything. Which is good. I'm glad she she totally, like, good she felt free her. enough to kind of like, should. I'm just going to write my next book, whatever it is, it's just going to be yeah. whatever it is. What it is, no, what it is. it's rad. Like, God bless her for making a total left turn. Yeah. It's great. I'm enjoying it. She is a good writer. Like, she, there was some, I reached this chapter where 
about a man who's deeply unhappy in this relationship with this woman. Mm-hmm. And there's this great ter- there's this great paragraph that it's about um he he holds all the things he has not said as like his talisman. Yeah. And he's like he has and he, and he goes over them each day like saying his rosary. Oh I haven't said I love you. I haven't said I'll be with you forever. I haven't said I'll move in with you. And it was a great little paragraph and I was like all the characters have Harry Potter names where like the fat guys like <laughs> Slarty Bart fart <laughs> or something like that. True. They do not have very appetizing. The names, the, the dude true. who dies that started his name like Fair Brother or know, something like that. So not but You know, I think it's interesting that that's a. I think that shows the power of J.K. Rowling's name because yeah. if it was anybody else, they would have to write in it because essentially she's changed genre. Yeah, yeah. They would have to write under another name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they could. I wonder if she would have even. I don't know if she there was it would have even been possible for her to write under a pseudonym without that getting out before the book came out. Well, but I wonder if she even considered that. It's not um, like mom. She mom reads a to. lot of books that are written under pseudonyms, and it's not a secret. Man, we're gonna find out that Fifty Shades of Grey was actually J.K. Rowling's book. Joint <laughs> she just well, like mom was telling me about this novelist that she really enjoys who writes Jane Ann Krantz. Yes, please. Jane Ann Krantz. You tell because it's very interesting. Yeah. She has written for a long time. She writes romance novels. Typically, that was her original start. Yeah. And um, she also enjoyed writing, she, she enjoyed writing contemporary romance novels. So that was, she wrote those with Jane Ancrans. And then she also enjoyed writing Regency Edwardian romance novels, his, historical pieces. Yeah. So she would write that as Amanda Quick because she was not allowed by her publisher to write under her own name because she was changing genres. Yeah. She was changing periods. But then she also had ideas for a futuristic novel that she had to write as Jane Castle. So she was writing under three different names, but you could see her writing style was still the same. She was still the same storyteller. And so I always thought that was such a shame, but now she's spun it to her advantage because now she writes trilogies and there's a common theme throughout the trilogy, but she writes a story under each name. So she'll start out with 200 years ago, she'll do a contemporary and then she'll do a future. That's very cool. It's very smart, but... That's the power of J.K. Rawlings. Yeah. She's not required. Nora Roberts is the same way. No, no, I'm sorry. Nora Roberts is not the same way. Nora Roberts has to write her futuristic mystery thriller as J.D. Robb. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was a choice of hers or or if if she was asked to do that by the publisher. I bet you she was because Nora Roberts is such a loaded name. You know, that is why it's interesting that J.K. Rowling didn't have to use a synonym because her name is associated with this one That's what I'm saying. And you're going to see a lot of kerfuffle. Uh, fallout out because of that in the next like week or two when but people you can really make just start reading as many that book. Arguments that a town about small town England is not going to no one's going to pick that up unless it has something. Well, like for the publisher Rowling's point of view, yeah, you, yeah. like you, you want the sale, so you want J.K. Rowling's name on there. But I have to admit, yeah. my favorite thing about it so far is the cover design. The cover is beautiful. It's all hand font. It's like handwritten yeah, font. It really oh, yeah. It's, it's really gorgeous, nice. and the color choices are great. And Where'd you get your copy from, Pals? Fred Myers. Oh, Fred Myers. I Fred Myers had a huge. I should have thought stack about that. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I talked to the clerk about it, and he, he said, "Did you read the flap description?" And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "It's the worst. She should. They should fire whoever wrote that because I've seen more people pick it up, read the thing, put it back down again." What's and it I say? It's 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 like it's, small town. Yeah, blah, blah, it's blah, very. You know? It's oh, so it's dry. just telling what the book is about, and rather than trying to trick people to think about it's exactly. wizards. Exactly. See, that's what I was thinking. I did. Who was it? Who said? Uh, oh, my friend Grant said that people are calling it Muggle March, which I thought was funny. <laughs> what the people? Pe- <laughs> what calling the book Muggle March? Yeah, that, not funny. not the marketers, but that people are calling it Muggle yeah. March, which I thought was pretty. Funny. I thought Da-da-da. I want to read it because of the cover. I want to know the what cover. the heck that yeah. check mark is. What yeah. does that have to do with it? Well, uh, uh, no, don't tell me. 
Did I? Remember, you remember you telling me how I needed to pick up and get a pre-order for a Wii at Fred Meyer's because they were selling little $1 cards you get a yeah. pre-order for a Wii? Did I tell you how I went to see if they had any more cards at Fred Meyer's this week for the yeah. pre-order for the Wii? And the guy said, yeah, we sold all out of those. We don't know what we're going to do because we sold uh, 20 pre-orders for the Wii, but we're only getting five consoles. <gasps> and so I was like, oh, I'm glad I, yeah, I'm glad I didn't try to pre-order Wii through Fred Meyer's. So, anyway. Or you should have been number four. Yeah, exactly. Least. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I read that and I've been reading Brave New World, which I, um, oh, yeah, why Brave New World? I was thinking, oh, you know, I've always meant to go back and reread all these books that I had to read in high school yeah. and instead choose to read them as an adult because the context of, there are only a few books that I had to read that I enjoyed. Like I want to reread, I'm rereading Brave New World. I want to reread Grendel. I want to read, um, The Hobbit. I got, um, I got The Hobbit here if you want to borrow it. Um, and I want to read, um, uh, Great Gatsby. I want to read. I want to reread Great Gatsby. I want to read Great Gatsby before the damn movie comes out next year. Yeah. I've I've started Great Gatsby half a dozen times, but it just kind of fell out for one reason I or another. I think a Great Gatsby struggles to reach this generation. It's hard to reach. It is kind of. It's not that it's badly written or even boring, but no, there's something well about written. it. I just can't click emotionally with it. It's yeah. not fast paced, and it's a it's a it's about dilettantes. Yeah. And who in this room can relate to a dilettante? I mean, yeah. seriously. Which not to say you always have to relate to a character necessarily. But, hell but, it does, oh, but, it but like, so much at the beginning of the book reading. seems to be about the shadow that Gatsby casts. That, yeah. like, and he, yeah, he is just, like, kind of a rich guy just hanging out in his little house. And it's hard to really get, like, sucked in unless you're already kind of predisposed to... Well, Fitzgerald to... is kind of... I mean, it's just kind of... It's a very quiet book. No, yeah. Yeah. It's I think that's why a... I've fallen out of the book. Like I said, I've read the first, like, 50 pages, like, half a dozen times. And it's not like a... It's boring. I'm just kind of like, eh, well, I got something else to do. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So, it and it's not that big of a book. To... It's a tiny book. It's, it yeah. doesn't compel you to... Well, in Brave New World is... It, the two things that are most interesting about it are the ideas of it. Because it is ultimately a book of ideas. And the it's world a sequel to Brave makes... Little Toaster, right? <laughs> Yes, Bill. After he founds his new empire? That's right. Yeah. And then he just That's bottles it, people's vaginas and uteruses and pumps out babies. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds wow. That's, That's, That's the matrix. It's not the vagina. <laughs> Excuse me. It's just the uterus. But um, I, rem I know I was too yeah, young. you don't need the vagina at this point. <laughs> exactly. The vagina is an afterthought. Um, I, uh, all I could remember of this book was um, that uh, they encouraged toddlers to do it. There's yeah. this whole aspect of erotic play. Sounds like Stephen King's It. <laughs> there you go, Bill. But at a cultural level. <laughs> oh, so is this um, why uh, Brave New World always gets banned for shit like this? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Well, it's yeah. a casual relationship with sex and relationships. It's very... It's. I mean, even in a modern perspective, it's still very... Um, when was Brave New World written? 40s? 32. 32, okay, It's interesting yeah. to read just for his vision of the future. Yeah. And um, his vision of... When... of um, of uh, um, human cloning and uh, and uh, in vitro fertilization and all scary. that. It's well, it's interesting how like some this. It's always cool to read sci-fi in like earlier early industrial. American oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Before sci-fi became the big kind of like yeah silver spaceships and laser guns. Yeah, in the 50s. it's a, yeah. it's because it's like this neat alternate gleaming deco future, which yeah. is really interesting. When when does he say when the, the future of Brave New World is supposed to take place? They um it's. I'm trying to think. It, time the is moon year of 1992. Year zero is yeah. the year the Model T Ford was released. Okay, and it's like 400 years after that, so it's oh, probably okay. about 300. So it's kind of abstract then. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's very. It's 400 years in the future from when the Model T Ford was released. So it's like 300 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, no. that's what I said. Though. And everyone's so. still at, like using uh, silver and gold. For that <laughs> no. Um, I uh, think Looper is a veiled uh, metaphor for how we should go back to the gold standard, the silver standard. Stop talking, Bill. We'll talk about Looper later. 
But no, Brave New World is a, it's a hell of a book. Okay. That's what they say The Wizard of book. Oz is. Have you ever seen people flip out about how, like, because, like, in the original book, The Wizard of Oz, the, it's not the ruby slippers, but it's the, it's the silver, silver slippers. slippers. Yeah. So people have taken, like, economists have taken this, like, this is Jay, uh, this is Frank L. Baum talking about how we should go back to the silver standard of the dollar and all this, like, weird kind of political stuff. That was but. where the Hunt brothers tried to corner silver back in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I did last week, right after we recorded the podcast, actually, I went to go see Dread in 3D. That? It was actually a lot of fun. No, it's it was cool. I've not heard a single bad thing about that movie It was yet. cool that this week I got to see two R-rated sci-fi films for adults mm-hmm. that weren't, like... Pretty low budget, too. That weren't, like, spoon-fed so they could get PG-13. Because I just looked for his R movie. It was yeah, R. About that. Yeah. Dude, the stuff that happens... I know, I know, we'll I know. talk about that later. But you could not do that in a PG-13 movie, I'm just saying. But, um... Oh, I never... Okay. Yeah. Dread was great. Dread was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was a movie where one dude kills a lot of people. It was taken. People keep saying that it's like the um, Raid Redemption. Raid Redemption, but it's only only on the most superficial level. Well, no, it's it's mostly that Judge Dread is in a building and he has to kill everyone in the building to get to his objective. But um, is Carl he himself Urban... ever actually threatened, or is he just oh, killing yes. everybody? Oh, no, okay, he yeah. is. He is put in danger. Um, I enjoyed it all. It was it was it, it felt like it should have been made in nineteen eighty three. It was that kind of uh, sci-fi film, yeah, and, which is uh, great. Yeah. And the, like the, they did a really good job with all the world building and like the costuming and everything like that. The dread costumes were very cool, and I was really skeptical of the female character in the film because I saw Cersei? her. <laughs> no, um, that she's the gang leader. No, Judge Anderson. Oh, I heard you flipping out about this um, online. Yeah. She, um, because she's uh in the trailer, you know, because here's Judge Dredd in all his armor and his helmet and his frown and everything, and here she is, <laughs> and she's this young thing with her blonde hair without a helmet. And I'm like, oh, that's dumb. The pretty girl doesn't have a helmet on. But no, she's she's psychic and she can't wear her helmet because it impairs her psychic powers. It's just that's a, a dopey excuse, but, but yeah, no, yeah. but she's a badass. The way the way her, the visual cue they have to show her psychic stuff is very cool and their character is great i want there to be a series of judge anderson movies are there is there a judge anderson maybe comic they will. maybe it will well and brenna we went to go see it with um our friend brenna who loves the judge dread comics and yeah, she lives um, and breathes judge dread yeah. anderson apparently is a big 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 character in the judge dread books this is about judge dread and anderson meeting and it's not canonical but yeah. it's it's a good it's the movie version you know yeah. i i am a dry i am a I'm not a dreadist, and I enjoyed it, and my hardcore dread friend loved it. So, That's if right. you are a sort of person, uh, Carl Urban, uh, he was in yes. in the Star Trek movie. Yeah, he was in. Um, He's a good actor. I liked him. The, the joke that Case made, Chase made was like, "I was so shocked that that country western singer did such a good job as Judge Dredd." Like, not Keith Urban. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but no, Carl Mr. Urban. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. No, um, he was great, and what's adorable is that Carl Urban grew up reading the Judge Dredd comics and loved them. Oh, so he was... So he had spent his childhood practicing his dread face. The funniest thing is that, so all these judges, they wear these helmets, and all you can see is, like, basically the the goatee (laughs) part of their face, more or less. Just their their upper lip and their chin. And so Judge Dredd is wandering around making this Muppet frown the whole movie. And um, all these other judges show up at some point, and I'm just sitting here going, that must have been a great casting call, because they just had a piece of cardboard with, like, a square cut out of it and hold it up in front of people's faces and go, now act! <laughs> but Carl Urban, he did a great job. He was great as Dread, and the script was fun. And it reminded me more, more of Taken than The Raid Redemption. If it had been showing at the same theater I went to go see Luke Brad this week, I would totally would have been a terrible little picture. It was what? Worth, it would have been good! 
good. It was neat to see in 3D because it was, they're smart. 3D is best used when yeah. it's portrayed depth and everything like you that. You said there was like blood and eyeball shooting oh, at the totally. screen. Oh, totally. It's yeah. ridiculous. You could never see it, Mom. Ever, no, ever, I ever. Go see, I don't even, go see movies anymore. But even if you could, you mm. would never go see it. But I enjoyed it. If you like, if you like, if you miss the days where you could go see a sci-fi movie for adults that didn't have Shia LaBeouf in it. Really? This sounds like a movie that would, like has not been made since the 80s. Yeah, and I'm sad that it, it did well in the UK and it bombed here well, in the No one knows what the... I don't... I, I can understand it's because why. everybody's thinking of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But, Gotta be uh, careful about your remakes. It was really... It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. I'll if see it on like, video in a month and a half. If you like action movies and you like sci-fi movies that are for grown-ups and not mm. for babies, then you should go see it. I'm one of those people, like, I'm even interested in seeing the movie, but paying, like, ten bucks to see it in the theater. I'm not... Because I know it's going to be out. Like, I'm, it'll be on Netflix by Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So, Netflix see, is kind of ruining love... people on going to see the movies, at least we people know. like me. The last three movies I went, Dad... I went to go see Looper last night with my papa, and my papa was saying... Boy, that theater is empty. That was the most full I've seen the theater in the time I've been going to see movies. Yeah, <laughs> I was really when I go once go see Looper yesterday. It was only me and like maybe twelve people. I was really surprised. The, we went to the Eastport. That's where I like to go. Now. Well, I also and saw that, um, like a noon showing uh, on okay. a Friday. Yeah, we but went, still. It was pretty near full. But yeah, the last when I went to go see Dread and when I went to go see Coraline, it was us and for Coraline there were two other people in the theater. Yeah. For Dread there were four other people in the theater. And the you theaters know, if you are go empty. see a movie that's made for older people, like yeah. the Best Marigold Hotel theater was packed yeah i saw the artist actually when i saw the artist earlier this year that was actually one of the more packed uh movie That's experiences right. i think if you you know if yeah. there are people like me who can't do physically i can't do that movie experience anymore mm-hmm. it makes me dizzy makes me, yeah. you know rubs up my vertigo the, so the best thing about seeing the artist with a, a whole theater full of older people was the fact it was so quiet that you could hear the rattling of because it's a silent film yes. yeah. and and like everyone in the audience is really nice and cool like you maybe hear a little munching of the popcorn a little bit but yeah you could hear the rattling of because it was actually uh god it knows it, it may have already been replaced by now but it was yeah. an actual film projector you hear oh, yeah. the rattling of oh, the film going right? through the projector oh, that's wow, that's so exactly and like it's a silent film anymore. and so yeah. you could actually like it was like probably yeah. the last time in a movie theater i'll ever be conscious of hearing the movie theater projector sound yeah. because it's you know digital now. yeah and because of the audience was so nice and quiet that you could hear that it was kind of like yeah. a nice eerie seeing the silent movie black and white you know which that's cool very that's, that's cinematic a great, that's a great uh, experience yeah, and probably yeah, the really last time that ever happens so so bill tell me what tokyo jungle is and what man here. tokyo jungle is a video game is downloadable 15 dollars on playstation 3 oh that's why i don't know about it it's for the playstation yeah you gotta play this you gotta boot up it's worth uh downloading the update for your ex for your playstation <laughs> the update do it before you go to bed, wake up in the morning, and then play uh, Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Jungle is this little game where you play, you start off playing as a Pomeranian dog. What? After. Oh, this is that game? This is that game. <laughs> where this is. It's. For some reason, all of humanity has disappeared from the planet of the Earth. Or, uh, yeah, from the planet. There's no people left on the Earth. And the so. Pomeranians all... are Yeah, but only. And now the animals are left to fend for themselves. And you start off, Aww. you play this little Pomeranian dog. And the, the, the story and truth for the Pomeranian is like, I'm so fat and happy. I'm, I'm, I'm an own little pet. Oh, no, all the people went away. They never explain why people disappeared. They just like, it's, oh, I don't know if it's like supposed to be the rapture. Because it's not like there's a war or anything like that. Just like all the animals wake up one day and the people are gone. 
And so the Pomeranian wakes up and is like, oh, I'm hungry. All my food is gone. Now it's got to go survive by hunting through the streets of Tokyo. Like post-apocalyptic Tokyo. Well, not post-apocalyptic, but just abandoned yeah, Tokyo. post-rapture. And so you're this little toy little Pomeranian. You have to, like, eat other, ca- like, cats and even other dogs and stuff like that. It's a, it's kind of a stealth game. Yeah. Where you have to, like, you're walking through the streets of Tokyo and you have to hide in bushes and wait for another animal to come by. You have this hunger meter that's constantly uh, draining the yeah. more you, like, the longer you go without eating. So in order to keep from dying, you have to fill up the hunger meat, meat hunger meter by hunting and killing other animals and eating their flesh. That's when you eat the corpse, like the, the corpse, when you eat all the flesh off the corpse, like the the, the dead animal's body just poofs into a little pile of uh, bones. And so the bigger animals you kill, like you get more meat off of them, and so you get like more experience points from eating the flesh <laughs> off. Oh no, the dreaded pomeranian is gonna. <laughs> well, the best part is in the game. You can also find randomly like little hats and bits of clothing that you can put on your dog. And so it got to the point where I was wearing a scarf and a little sun hat, my little Pomeranian dog. And then I happened across this cow that was grazing in like those patch of grass that was growing up in the concrete in the middle of downtown Tokyo. And so I attacked the cow and I bit its butt so much it died. And so I spent like 10 minutes just gnawing the flesh off its bones until I got full. And then its bones just poofed in a little pile of cow bones. And then I walked away with my little hat, my little pony ring, scarf. <laughs> and you know, but the idea is like you can uh, run into other creatures that are bigger than you. You have to chase. You have to run away from them and stuff like that. It's a little weird, like stealth survival game. Huh. And the weird thing too, you can't save every time you boot up the game. You're just supposed to try to last for as long as you can because um, in the game, uh, time passes like it's about a year for every minute. And the idea mm-hmm. is that you're supposed to uh, survive long enough to find a mate. And breed, and whenever you breed, you start playing as your children, oh. and so you're supposed to keep on living as long as generation, uh, generationally as possible. I think the ultimate goal of the game is is to last for a hundred years, create a, a little do- doggy empire, little Pomeranian doggy <laughs> empire that lasts a hundred years. This post-apocalyptic Tokyo, all dressed in little scarves. Yeah, <laughs> and so when so when they breed, that's because your prey falls over from laughing. <laughs> Breed. You, you have three different kind of females to choose from that randomly show up in the environment. You have the desperate females, which have little black hearts. You don't want to breed them with them because they can't make too many babies. Also, they're just really clingy, and so you have to be wary oh of those high maintenance bitches. Yeah, it's really clingy. <laughs> that was the title of the sixth episode. Pomeranian girls yeah. and go for the prime ones and little sparklies over the head yeah. because if you uh, mate with them they have a giant litter and you get to control the whole litter going through the street oh really then so you gotta die so if you die with a whole litter like you're, you're you, have, like, you, you start controlling yeah you start controlling another dog in that pack oh, and so it's like having extra lives actually that's <laughs> very you know it's very and, but as you play the game you can lock uh, other animals and there's up to 50 animals you can play as in the game oh, not including like dinosaurs and stuff what and like I it's games out of its mind. It's only well the best only in Japan. And Annie also only could happen in Tokyo. It's online and uh, single uh, also couch co op too. Oh yeah. So you and Foley could both play as Pomeranians <laughs> trying to survive in this world. If I'm you down. Wanted. I'm totally it's, down. It is. It is. It is the if best it was kind just of just a corgi. It would be perfect. Be perfect. I'm sure because the whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You can play as a beagle and stuff. There may be a corgi available. If they yeah. did Pomeranian, I can't imagine they wouldn't have corgis. <laughs> That's a good point. I was gonna, you know, yeah. yeah. But the best part is just eating a cat. You just attack a cat and just eat it. That's just great. Like, just see this Pomeranian trying to, like, take down a cow by biting its butt. It's, it is so worth $15 because it is the kind of weird, quirky Japanese games that Japanese yeah, developers they don't, really don't, don't make anymore. Yeah. And I guess this was a full retail release earlier this summer in Japan. 
And so, but they knowing that no one would buy this on the shelves here in the United States, it just made it a fifteen dollar download release. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's already DLC where you can play as a person. I guess that's a download oh, yeah. you can buy for like two dollars. And I guess so. Maybe you're running around as a naked human trying to find another mate eating animals. I was gonna say, what was that movie with Will Smith? Was it I Am Legend? This is kind of yeah. like that, except <laughs> when you start off, the only thing that's unlocked is a Pomeranian. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just oh, like that. Man. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, it's a, yeah, Tokyo Jungle, fifteen dollars. It is. Oh, it is amazing. It is worth just, and like even, like the opening cutscene where like it's trying to make the Pomeranian look super badass. Yeah, and like even the icon when you download the <laughs> just game. Just talking on, about it makes me laugh. Yeah, the uh, icon when you download the game on the desktop of your PlayStation Three, it's like this little angry looking little Pomeranian going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Pomeranian is kind of like the logo animal of the game, even though you can yeah. play as like 50 different animals. Oh, sure. So you can play as like alligators and cows that's and stuff like that. That's amazing. But yeah, I'm oh. going to be a killer cow. Yeah, you can play <laughs> that tonight if you want to. You guys can play together. Uh, so. oh, my, my folks are looking at getting rid of their, their cable and doing finding out some other alternate means of that's interesting yeah content. so we were they were asking about my the apple tv and the xbox we didn't even mention the playstation 3 well the there's nothing on the 3. playstation 3 that you can't get on any other device this is true but i mean it, it is they have plays blu-rays it, yeah it's like well it's, that's just it we want something that plays blu-rays okay yeah. well the playstation 3 does do that but the obnoxious thing about the playstation 3 and this is if you ever want to do anything that involves anything where you have to go online there is invariably like three hours Hours worth of updates that you have to download. It's a Microsoft time. product. I Actually, it. it's a Sony product. The Microsoft product, ironically, because Microsoft wants to that's, make it that's so Windows. easy. That's, that's, um, Xbox, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Xbox, Xbox, is Xbox and Windows. Yeah, Xbox wants to make it really easy for you to engage with them. There are never any updates that are bigger than. Gosh, I'd say the biggest update I've ever downloaded was like maybe about yeah. hundred. West Adobe, Adobe's really good. Yeah, Western that. companies are pretty good about trying to make this the the experience streamlined of having to update your hardware and stuff like that. Yeah. Japan, not it being kind of kind of like internet phobic place its companies tend to be very stupid when it comes to internet infrastructure for its like yeah. online services well, what i've heard like that. is that that's true if i try to play a game if there's an update for it whereas on the xbox it will be a patch where i can it'll ah. be like a megabyte on a lot of times the playstation 3s you're more or less re-downloading a fixed version of the game yeah it's so like it trying to go get your wow. car fixed and instead of just fixing your car they just try to rebuild your entire car <laughs> yeah like try or just yeah it's it's kind of it's not wow. it's not very it's very strange and when you have to download this stuff yeah it's nice to have a little patch that just fixes whatever's wrong with the software yeah. whereas like but yeah with the sony playstation you're re-downloading like gigs and gigs and gigs yeah, of data we'll see what we'll let, it'll be interesting to see what conglomeration comes around at the maloney house yeah, yeah that's interesting you get, thinking about getting rid of your cable you, well, this is the yeah. bane of all the cable companies right now are people like you gone kind of gone huh we can get this content somewhere well it's somewhere we're cheaper. trying to reduce our tv watching yeah we we are couch potatoes and we recognize that so we're trying to find yeah. a way to maybe eliminate some of that temptation mm-hmm. and as long as we can get college football <laughs> for bill you and can i do that on xbox that's what we can we're experimenting with that today we're, we're going to figure that out yeah. maybe apple air is going to provide what we need but you no, know, apple tv does do have that. some sports channels and stuff too but well I'm even beyond sure. that um just now that you where you can push content from your devices or even your um, computer so like for example if we look at something that's web only yeah you push then you can push it, it, it off the apple, apple tv, TV. Yeah. we can just push our screen to the apple tv and then watch our content that way yeah because it the is only, amazing how good it looks the only yeah. problem with this is that you might have to get more savvy in terms of like 
figuring out like how to create like a home network where you can't get like oh I have this yeah. Apple device Actually, that works with the Apple device us, and stuff like that. We're yeah. pretty good. At oh, that. not saying you know, but like it like yeah. it doesn't require an extra step. I I I consider myself relatively shabby, or I am shabby, but savvy. But even there's sometimes there's just weird network stuff that I have to get Jojo to help out with because he actually him he's like a professional Mac guy. Yeah, Yeah. Mac Ninja. My dad wants to go one step beyond. He wants to get basically be able um, set up a. Uh, server with a TV tuner, oh, so that see, can, I wouldn't even ha- have no idea even how to do that. Yeah, he wants to be able to record live TV off broadcast television and then go back and watch it. Oh, that's that's my his husband has this amazing ability where he can get a book and he can read the book and he can make it happen. Just make it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got. Well, I thought you married a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. I did marry. I, I'm no dummy either. I know. <laughs> if you're not smart, marry a smart guy. That's exactly what you do. exactly. Oh, it's so. like I was explaining to my mom last night how we were reading Game of Thrones and Foley has never read the Game of Thrones books and she doesn't have to because as I read them I would just describe them in detail to her because I would get really excited when I talked to somebody and that means six books later I'm like I don't know who this person is what is this and she goes oh that's da 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 sterilized with da 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 across the narrow sea blah 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 oh yeah thanks Foley yeah it's a trick you find someone who completes uh, your body or your brain she carries the bible for you that's right that is nice to have a partner that you can that that completes you yeah that's the nice thing about finding someone that's really your other half yeah doesn't happen for everybody. We're very lucky. Amen. So anyway, tell me about Gravity Falls, Bill. Man, Gravity Falls, super cute cartoon. I can't remember where I first started hearing about this. I think I saw people posting artwork from it, just like yeah. little stills and stuff. I thought like looked just like a very, it's very cute cartoon. Pretty. It's just uh, so you haven't seen it at all or anything? Yeah. Uh, Gravity Falls is this new Disney cartoon that just showed up over the summer. I think it debuted in like June or something like that. It's about two little kids who uh, end up spending the summer in uh, Gravity Falls, Oregon, which is you know made up a little Oregon town. Yeah. I didn't and know they, it was set in Oregon. Yeah, they hang out in uh, their uncle owns this little mysterio, little mystery shop, mm-hmm. like full of curios and stuff like that, out in the middle of like they never say where in Oregon. Yeah, you know, presumably just like probably not that far from Portland. And uh, so it's all about their adventures in the summertime in this crazy Gravity Falls town. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, uh, like it's kind of Scooby Doo because they're always solving mysteries. There's all kind of monsters and weird, uh, like weird paranormal phenomenon going on. And it's just very cute. It's the graphic design is like really great. Like the artwork is I've been watching so much Adventure Time. Yeah. It's nice to see a cartoon that actually invests in like lushly illustrated backgrounds and stuff. There's nothing wrong with like the art of Adventure Time, but it is very kind of very Spartan. Yeah. And uh this is very cut like back the it almost looks like it could have been uh like a Disney cartoon from like the Disney afternoon for like is this 20 for years Disney, ago. Uh, is this for TV Disney? I guess it for... is, but like I only know because like it's on iTunes and stuff, so I just download it from iTunes. So oh, I guess no. it is like a normal, just like. I don't watch the Disney Channel anymore. I'll have to check it out. I don't even get rid of the Disney Channel. But yeah, Gravity Falls, it's it's uh, the, the main uh, character, Dipper. He's this goofy little kid with a little baseball cap. He's voiced by uh, John Ritter's kid. I think his name's like oh, yeah. James Jason? Ritter. Jason yeah, Jason Ritter. Ritter. Yeah. yeah, and he's fantastic. His sister, Mabel, is voiced by What's Her Face? Uh, What's her face? The, with the face. The stuff. What's her face with the face? Yeah, she was in Bob's Burgers. She plays the little girl. She's uh, oh. she's on 30 Rock. She plays Kenneth Evil. Oh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. God, I forgot her name. She's a great name. With her the face. Name. Yeah. Kirsten yeah. Shaw. Yes, Kirsten Shaw. Scott, and she plays Kirsten, Mabel. Kirsten. And like Mabel's hilarious. Uh, at first, for the longest time, I thought this cartoon took place in the 80s because like Mabel, she wears like these very kind of like 80s girl sweaters with like stupid yeah. little logos, like a, like a, like a, like a unicorn mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, 
Oh, it's just, it's a very goddamn cute show. It's not super hilarious, because like yeah. I said, it's mostly like solving uh, mysteries and things like that. But it's just like, it's just kind of like heartwarming. The graphic design is really nice. It's very and, Disney. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just a good show. It's, yeah. um, you can just uh, see clips of it and stuff online. It's got great music. It sounds very kind of Mark Mothersbaugh-y. And uh, the show is also uh, obsessed with, like, metacryptology, where um, the crux of the show is, aside from the fact that these two kids are out in Gravity Falls during the summer and uh, just going on adventures, uh, the main kid, Dipper, he ends up finding this book, a uh, magic book filled with all kinds of, like, spells and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there's also kind of, like, weird cryptic messages in there. And it turns out, actually, if you freeze frame the book, there's codes and stuff like that that will unlock... There's, like, I guess at the end of eight, uh, the credits of each episode, there are messages and stuff. Like, there'll be, like, weird text at the end of the episode that if you use that, use the text from this book that this kid has found, freeze yeah. frame that, use that to decipher the code, like, at Very the end of the clever. episode that turns into messages from the show creators kids to the audience. And I guess also, like, at the beginning of every episode, at the end of the song, there's a little voice going, <laughs> it's a back mask, you know, it's a backwards voice that if you play it backwards, mm -hmm. it'll also be a message that also turns into... You know, just like a message for the cool. audience. Oh, it's very awesome. cute, like a very encouraging little kid to get into like solving little mysteries and decoding things and stuff like stuff. that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty and then also finding like garden gnomes. Like every monster <laughs> of the week is something ridiculous, like yeah. ghosts or zombies or something like that. Yeah. But it is cool, and it's not, you know, the show is not afraid to like be kind of a little bit scary because you do have like ghosts and zombies and stuff. Kids like that. love to be scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's starting about the third grade. They love. Yeah, and this is exactly the kind of like that when age I was group. A school librarian. I yeah, had, I had a book of. of Alfred Hitchcock's best thir 13 best ghost stories. And yeah. that was my most popular book for third graders. They yeah. all wanted to check it out. Yeah, and this is kind of <laughs> show that would to be totally scared. be into like pimping that towards little kids and stuff. Which, that, you know, that's fantastic. Like I said, still ain't for 12-year-olds. But here's the 35-year-old guy talking about the cartoon for 12-year-olds. <laughs> you know, but. I used to, when I was a kid, and I would go over and stay with my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my grandmother, who mm -hmm. was in her 60s, would mm -hmm. get up and watch Saturday morning cartoons with me every Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. It's nice, to, it's nice to see a cartoon again with like great production values and stuff yeah. too. It's yeah. very hard. Well, it's hard. See, it's expensive. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. It's and hard it's brand new. There's cartoons. only like maybe ten episodes of the. Of the whole you don't thing see Bugs Bunny so anymore. Bugs Bunny. No, he's not even on basic cable. No, They're only not. on. Is he not even fancy. on? Is he just like Cartoon Network and stuff now? No, no not at Not even that. I saw Tom and Jerry the other day. That's the first Warner Brothers. Uh, Chuck Jones yeah. cartoon I've seen on TV in years. I was reading something a couple weeks ago. They were talking about the reason why there's no more Saturday morning programming for kids anymore because like something about like the laws got changed. Where yes, yes, there is a certain it's content. It yeah, it's content. Something it has about to be something about educational. It has to be so many so a percentage of the time. Yeah, and so I guess most networks said screw. It, we'll just have the news on Saturday mornings instead of actual. That dad cartoons. was trying to find Saturday morning cartoons this morning. He's like, "Where'd all your cartoons go?" Yeah, and that happened like anymore. fifteen like fifteen years ago. That's when yeah. all that stuff really kind of dried Which is up. Just so weird. Yeah, so strange. Well, it's so sad. There's some. Yeah, there's something to be said for letting your it's it's like reading a book for pleasure there's something yeah. to be said about letting your brain just go and just enjoy the moment yeah. i don't think there's anything wrong with that you need to have that break from studying and working all week exactly long. everybody yeah. needs that nobody gets breaks anymore are you kidding when we're ever on a break we're on the internet you know that's exactly, what i yeah. love about being on vacation is because i i read an article on 15 things that you need to do to not to be on an email vacation yeah and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it would take all this, but I actually did some of it. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, I don't even have to think about connecting yeah. up with anything oh. else. And luckily, I'm in a job where I don't have to do that either. Yeah. Oh. But, but awesome. yeah, Gravity Falls is awesome. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just trying to look for that. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm tired of the Simpsons and the Cleveland show and all these things that are so hip and ooh, let's make a joke about that. And yeah. I would like to see well, there's something another that's sh- kind of simple and just a nice storyline. There's yeah. another show on Fox called Bob's Burgers, which is with the Kirsten Schaal, who's one of the char- who does uh, the voice of Mabel on uh, Gravity Falls. She does the voice of uh, the young daughter on uh, Bob's Burgers, which is also I think it's also on when the Simpsons and Family Guy. It's part of the. F- it's part of that so animation good. block or something yeah. like that. But it's really good. Uh, did, did you ever see King of the Hill? Loved King of the Hill. Well, I guess when King of the Hill got canceled, a lot of those guys just said, ah, screw it, we'll just do another show. It won't be called King of the Hill, but it'll be about another family. Kind oh, of, that was, that kind was of heartwarming. Show. I really it's, it's that same kind of tone where it's. Oh, it good. had my favorite. This is my favorite joke I've heard in a long time. I've only seen one episode, but my favorite joke I've ever heard in years <laughs> was there's one point where there's a scuffle in a little girl's room, and this this horse gets knocked over to us. No, my porcelain horse! Horcelain! <laughs> for like little girl characters too because like Bob's yeah. Burgers that, that that girl character on that show she's actually kind of the like breakout character of that show Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers is Kirsten Schaal's character on that Kirsten Schaal's character on Gravity Falls is really great because like I said she's like, like this goofy little kid who has braces there's a great part where she like fantasizes herself as uh, she buys a giant hamster ball big plastic hamster ball and she fantasizes mm-hmm. herself like running around like showing off her hamster ball like oh hey everybody I'm my hamster ball <laughs> where she's like suddenly enters this 80s cartoon where these two 80s cartoon characters drive up and they're like got like mohawks and shit they're like oh my god who's that sexy lady she's like hey boys you can look but you can't touch because i'm in my hamster ball and she just runs out squeak 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 and like but that's like just a great character where she's kind of like not super neurotic but she's kind of silly and funny but she acts kind of real i loved uh, legend of Korra because you had two strong female characters it's unfortunate that there was a romance element to it but they had a relationship despite a boy messing around. With I love that the boy that could should be complicating things was the most despised character on that show. <laughs> oh, oh well. man! So yeah, Gravity Falls uh, is good stuff. Uh, Mail Order Mysteries is a book I got that is. It talks about. It's a book about all the old um, mail order advertisements in the back of comics from the sixties and seventies. Oh, yeah. What this guy did is he went out and talked to uh, people who collect the stuff yeah. from mail order stuff from like you know from those comic book ads. And you just created this whole picture book just showing you exactly, like, okay, do you remember this this ad, this ad like, for x-ray glasses? This is what they actually sent. Oh, and just really? showing how they worked and who made that stuff and, like, w- if they're out of business or not or whatever That's happened. great. Or, like, like you know, they talk about how sea monkeys was just, like, you know, brine shrimp. shrimp, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you just, you know, rehydrate in water and stuff like that. But also just, like, all the weird little magic tricks and stuff you could buy, like, what, like, yeah. how, like so many of these mail-order mysteries things were actually instructions for stuff to make you, like, like, the ads would be phrased in, like, oh, build a laser ray gun. Or, like, there would be an ad that would make it sound like you would get a laser ray gun. What yeah. would happen, they would send you just an instruction booklet on how to build your own laser ray gun, which would be just take two batteries and, like, a lens and just have it, like, shine, like, a light gun. Like, a gun yeah. that essentially just got, like, really weak, tiny little flashlight. Yeah. But they would talk about, like, you know, which ads were kind of, like, actually actually sent pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And it's just a very cool little... little That's little... a clever little slice of history. Yeah, it's called Mail Order Mysteries. It's it's on uh, Amazon for, like, 15 bucks. And it's and even the, the, the graphic design of this book, it's great. It's hardcover. It's got, like, a uh, s- uh, glow-in-the-dark skull on the back of the nice. book. It's all kind of, like, done up with great photography of all this old retro stuff from the 60s and 70s. Like, cool. it's, it's funny how most of the stuff you get from these Mail Order Mystery ads were just, like, joke shop 
crap. Where yeah, it's just yeah. like like puke, like rubber puke or like whoopee cushion and yeah, stuff like dog that. Poop. Yeah, and Big stuff dog like poop. that. But it's funny how all these joke shops would just like make money by selling the stuff through ads and kind of like making everything sound more amazing. Than I it actually always was. wanted to buy something from the back of a comic book. And yeah, and this this book just me. tells you what that stuff would have been. Yeah, and it's funny because now all that stuff, you know, you pay fifty cents for it to get something like you know thirty years ago from the mail. Now like that stuff is worth like you know three hundred bucks on eBay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the nature. But it's very cool. Yeah, mail order mysteries is fantastic. And uh, what the last thing I did? Oh yeah, the Avengers. You saw the Avengers. Yeah, I saw the Avengers. It came on Blu-ray. Everyone's all, all, all kind of talking smack on the Avengers now, like it's not that good. It's cool to be down on the Avengers. Yeah, now. what's up with that? I'm usually the first person to be that's talking. How, that's the that's the wave of Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon shows up and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna Joss Whedon." And you get to a f- this peak of fervor, and then everybody's like, "Oh, Joss Whedon." Yeah, I was just watching it last night. It still holds up. It's it's not the world's perfect it's movie, cute. but for every all the balls that movie has to juggle. Yeah, in terms I think of he, storytelling, Joss Whedon is very good at having a bunch of people on screen and making them all compelling. Yeah, so screw those people. Are like, I'm meh, looking meh, forward meh. to the Shield TV show. There's like some stupid stuff where like everyone at the final battle at the end is talking to each other and like they're kind of pretending they've got blue like little Bluetooth Bluetooth headsets but if you look they're actually not wearing anything and like people are talking to each other from like 10 blocks away (laughs) and there's no reason there's no visual means of communication between people I mean there's there's silly stuff in the movie also it's flying I was gonna say Bill would you prefer a sequence where Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. does the molar microphone or I know exactly (laughs) they are asking you to just kind of suspend your belief a little bit I accept that Mark Ruffalo's pants do not tear when he helps out I have not. It is really cute. I have a Blu-ray and if you guys want to borrow it. Um it was great because Amazon had like the Blu-ray DVD digital download thing for like twenty bucks. You get like fifteen dollars. Mark Ruffalo did a great job. I like Mark Ruffalo. Well he, he doesn't turn really into the Hulk. Job. He's he's mostly Bruce Banner for most of the movie, and he's mm-hmm. kind of a fun, interesting character when he's not even the Hulk, so you're not just sitting there waiting for the Hulk to show up for, you're not waiting for the movie to get good. He's yeah. already an interesting character leading up to that. And he he and Iron Man are best bros because they both love science. Yeah, which oh, only makes sense. You wouldn't think that you're watching the movie like, oh yeah, they were geeking out about like science stuff. <laughs> It and great. it's just yeah, it the movie it's 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 a surprisingly funny superhero movie. You don't see yeah. too many superhero movies that are actually like yeah. really hilarious. Well, now I want to go is. home and watch it. It was fun. Yeah, it's it a good time. Fun time. Uh, so yeah, that's what, I, what is that all I did this is week? Is that it? What that, else? What else? What else happened? Do we take a that's break? That's it. All right, everybody, we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back for the Geek Week interview. Okay, we're back. Uh, we're not gonna do the geek. Oh, we're not gonna do the uh, 2012 fall geek preview again this week because just stuff. Annie, Annie, and and Kathy have to get out of here and, and stuff like that. So we'll be doing that next week. Also, Kathy, you'd be sitting there the whole time going, "I have no idea what any of these people are talking about." <laughs> and that would be the truth. Yeah, because that's gonna be a long pack. We'd be sitting here for four hours between. Oh, we still have Looper talk to talk about too. Yes, we do. Oh yeah. We'll, so. so we'll do the geek week review and then we we'll do a little. Promise. Looper. Next week we'll talk about our geek preview. <laughs> Um, it's been written. The show notes been there for two weeks. We just haven't got around recording. At this yet. point, half the things are going to be done. I know exactly. <laughs> Pretty yeah. sure the Looper release is on there. Oh, we get to talk about the new Avatar comic next week, though. Oh, oh I have no, not read it yet. Out. It's out. Is people it? are people are talking about it. It's great. What I happened? need to go to the comic shop. I don't know. I've not been yet. Who kisses? Who kisses? Actually, I know who kisses because someone spoiled. Oh, really? Yeah. What happens? Should we talk about spoilers? Well, no, I don't want to. I only I saw a panel that someone scanned. Oh yeah, yeah. Canon is affirmed. They'll say that. So, is it soccer related? It is soccer related. 
Who kissed him? We got no. All right. <laughs> Again, um, we're worried about the romance in this cartoon for 12-year-olds. Who, who ends up with who? That's okay. Yep. God, we are worse than Twilight fans. <laughs> so, now on to the Geek Week interview. I think this is very interesting. Sony is going to offer day-and-date digital downloads of brand-new retail games like Assassin's Creed 3 and Resident Evil 6 next month. They've already had release date downloads of Mass Effect 3 and Borderlands 2, along with discounted digital releases of NBA and Need for Speed for PlayStation Plus subscribers. So this is most interesting because um, both um, Xbox... Xbox has been ramping up digital releases, but it's six months after the fact at best. And that's and been full price. huge. And full price. Yeah. Where this is... This Skyrim is... is still 60 bucks, and that's a year-old game. Game. There's this whole resistance to day and date digital because you're you're robbing retailers and all these retail partners like GameStop that you've partnered with. Yeah, this and, is the um, video game companies. This is the funny thing because it's cheaper and easier for them to distrib- distribute games just by selling them digitally online. And they get a bigger but cut. But they need. But that means the stores get screwed out of being able right. to sell those 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 physical copies of those discs. But video game companies need retailers to sell the consoles, yeah. to sell the software. It's kind of a weird catch-22. Yeah, because PC the... has already gone out the other end of this tunnel. Because yeah. digital is the, is king in, in PC because there's no middleman. Yeah, we'll talk about that with World of Warcraft in a little bit. But, yeah, whereas yeah. retailers, you know, they have to kowtow the retailers. And this is the first, first of the big three, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, to really make a move to... Um, just cut out retailers, and they're the last place retail uh, console. Yeah, so it's in their best interest. Which is funny. Us. Yeah, it's funny that they're in last place, and so they have, kind of don't have a hell of a lot to lose by mm-hmm. just saying, "Hey, screw you! We're not selling any consoles at retail because, like, we're in last place in this console war." Yeah, yeah let's let's go ahead and make these games available to download the same day, the the first day they're actually out on the shelves too. Especially Assassin's Creed Three and Resident Evil Six. Yeah. That's those not are just, big titles. You know, NBA Need for Speed, huh, who cares? But the, well, even the fact that those two games are going to be sold at a discount digital release, yeah. even though it's just six bucks, You'll that's... be able to get less, and you have to be a PlayStation Plus member. Yeah. But um... Oh, did you see that uh, Microsoft is striking back a little bit by making it so that, depending on how many <laughs> achievements you get, you get a discount on buying stuff? Oh, like, oh, like you get yeah. a gift. But if you get, like... Something like 50,000 achievement points. No, no. If you suddenly you, get like a 1% if off. If you have, no, I know what it is because I actually have the, oh, yeah? you do too, actually. If you have over 20,000 gamer score, you get a 5% discount on your purchases. Oh, is that what it is? So bad. Xbox has this imaginary score system that does not count for anything called gamer this score. This is how much we waste our lives worrying about this stuff. <laughs> We're not worried about a little kids and a cartoon kiss. It's the same as rapid rewards for your credit it's, card. It's exactly, right. yeah. Jack or like blue stamps. Well, this or is green a little stamps. different because exactly. so yeah, exactly. when, you play, when you play a video game, Every video game that comes out, like for Xbox in particular. I didn't mean to press that button. Just That's good background music. I should tell this story, actually, why I had to download this. Mm. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. You don't have the whole album? Oh, I did. This will be the fourth or fifth time I've bought it. Yeah, I think everyone will like... this. I'll tell this story, actually. I forgot to tell the story. Turn off. Let's turn the volume It's down. good music. We'll just it roll with it. And because anyway. Bill's Bill, he's not going to edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, anyway, um, the... Uh, so Xbox, every game that comes out for Xbox has a thousand gamer score associated with it. So there are different things you can do in the game. They can be as simple as turn the game on or like do this incredible achievement. And, you know, maybe turn game on will be five you, points. You get an but achievement this... and there's a score related to yeah. that achievement that builds up all, over the course of all these you're games you're playing. You're a for your Pomeranian. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah! You, you have to earn it by doing these things. And all it is is bragging rights for all intents and purposes. Sure. It's just the score that's associated with you. Yeah, game. and he's got like a thousand, less than I'm... a thousand more points. I was looking the night before last. Yeah, I have, I have, 
we have, well, because Foley is so sweet. Foley is like, we're going to beat everybody. You have to do that for me, baby. <laughs> yeah. We were playing this game, Sleeping Dogs, and I got all 1,000 achievement points for Sleeping Dogs, which is hard. And uh, she was so proud of me. <laughs> she made me special dinner. <laughs> but um, What they, you for, did you do? You, you guys should have gotten Chinese takeout. Oh, shit. That would have been right. But anyway, um, the uh, they it's always been this silly. It's like it's like um, uh, whose line is it anyway? Where the point like everything's made up and the points, the points don't, don't matter. matter. Yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. And so I'll tell people <laughs> I'd be very careful who I brag about my gamer score to because most people are like, really? Why? Are you a t- autistic? Right. Like, but people who know are like, all right, they know I'm a cool guy. <laughs> so, but they recently they decided to reward people because you have to play a lot of games to do this. And you have to play a lot of the games to get twenty thousand. Yeah, because yeah, even so, even because I and I will consciously make an effort to earn achievement points when I'm playing a game, and it, it, it does add a new level of gamification to a game. It, you get there, I've from I've it. done stuff in games now that I wouldn't have done yeah. if I if, and I enjoy if it. I knew I if I hadn't known I was going to get an achievement for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a smart incentive. But um, they recently did a thing where if you have over 20,000 gamer score, you get a discount. On your birthday, you get a present of some things. And it's nice that I could finally say, oh, wait, there's value associated with this beyond the imaginary well, value. Funny this is, it's funny that this is like Microsoft's attempt to kind of catch up with the PlayStation Plus, kind of what PlayStation is yeah. doing a little bit with their free network. It's yeah. funny that Microsoft is finally starting to seemingly like feel the heat a little bit. Yeah, because whereas Microsoft, you have to pay to be a member of Microsoft Live, or Xbox Live. Whereas on Sony, you can play online and shop their store and everything without any charge. But they do have this program called PlayStation Plus. And um, it uh, uh, basically you subscribe. You get discounts on games. You get free games. Mm. You get like this little... I think they stopped... They had they had a monthly um, magazine sort of thing. Yeah. Um, this isn't just like 50 bucks that. a year. It's the same price it's as same Microsoft prices. Live. And at first people Microsoft, were like, well, with... Um, Xbox Live, I get a service. I'm paying for a service. Where and people were kind of poo-pooing this because you're basically paying for a series of coupons that they're giving away everything else for free. Yeah. So it's just an, an add-on. Whereas with that, so it's interesting to see stuff. that like there's some movement on both sides in yeah. terms of like this little bit Unless of a not platform war. Yeah. yeah. I recently uh, registered for a professional webinar and they gave away badges. Oh. Yeah. And this is the first time I've ever encountered this. Like yeah. real world badges. I don't know what the heck it was, but you get a badge for attending. Mm-hmm. You get a badge for the number of times you entered the chat. It's room. kind of gamification oh, of it's yeah. Gamification of the and that's a big thing in libraries now. It's gamification yeah. of the library and, but it would tie to your LinkedIn account. Yeah. Oh really? So I thought this was just about the stupidest thing I had ever heard of. <laughs> And I still don't get it, but I can understand where there's a demographic yeah. where that really appeals to them. Well, and it's it funny this appeals to the reptile brain that's like must win. And it's funny that Xbox Live win. achievements yeah. is one of the first things to really kind of popularize yeah. this. Like that, that probably grew as yeah. an out. That was probably an outgrowth of the popularity of what we're talking about the the, the Microsoft yeah, Xbox. The, thing. the Xbox Live, the gamer points thing. It's they didn't I mean, invent everyone, that idea, but they're the no, one that really made that made popular with people. Well, yeah. And as much as Xbox is mainstream, well, and yeah. I get gamification of something that you're open to the public or something but to gamify a professional experience oh, yeah. strange is really strange. odd I and i thought it was a little um it's kind of it's almost like oh, unprofessional there's, yeah there's, yeah in a way puerile that's a good word that's for weird it. Yeah. that professionally they would do that because i know yeah. there's like people have had invented diets where it's gamification of diets like oh that's you ate three vegetables today actually that's points. a good idea that's not a bad idea but yeah professionally when you have to like incentivize Stuff like it's preschool 
for a yeah. professional business exactly. environment. Like, you got a gold like star. It. Yeah, you showed up I on wonder, time today. You get five points. I That's wonder if it's just part of the webinar infrastructure of whatever system they used and they yeah. didn't like disassociated. Or... I don't know because it could it, that could very well be because this was a private library company company that deals with librarians and deals with training and it yeah. could very well be that that's exactly what they were doing but i thought this is not what i'm looking for in a professional experience i could yeah. see that being the start that's like how things like idiocracy happen where this is just <laughs> like i showed up for work today i get two points yeah what are my points <laughs> yeah like it's not you're like really there to do the work as much as to boost your gamer score of <laughs> yeah, life exactly. yeah yeah Ugh. Ugh. I'm excited about this next point. Gina Carano is the first actress to sign on for the female Expendables. Did you? Are you happy that I didn't put actress in quotation marks? <laughs> Thank you, Bill. To be fair, you can say of the Expendables cast, half of them you can exactly. say actor. I didn't realize this was, was a real thing. I, I thought it was a, it was like a bar game that people did. Yeah. Like, Who would you put? In the I guess it's official at least with somebody. Well, they're now. not actually calling it the female. Well, I know, but whatever but that's, it's going to be, pitch. whatever movie bites off the Expendables and just fills it with ladies. I'm excited. Which is weird because Gina Carano. It's not like old, like it can't be the Expendables because the idea of the Expendables well, it's old washed up movie stars. But there's a young buck. There's a young buck. So maybe Gina. But Carano's how many old buck. washed up? You get like Sigourney Weaver. You get well, the like, guy Gina Davis said he he called out the people he wanted. It was... All the people who are in the best Marigold Hotel. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's it. We're so awesome. You get Linda looking for jobs, so let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it. Well, you get Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Meryl Streep. A, Let's found... get Meryl Streep on that. Well, yeah. they have to have been in an action movie at some point. That's Meryl the... Streep was in The River Wild. Thank you very much. Ah! <laughs> Way to go, Bob. All right. Catherine Hepburn was in The African Queen. Which there you is go. Resurrect and her. The Shootist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, man, The Shootist. That was an awesome movie. Yeah. That made me cry. That was John, John Wayne John made Wayne's me cry. Last flick, right? Is yeah. that a Western? Yeah. Should I put that on my Western you list? Should. Oh, yeah. You should. Anything John it's, Wayne, why not? It's John Wayne in his most... If I do anything John Wayne, that will overtake my list. Have you seen uh, Rio Bravo or anything No, I'm like not. That? that is on And the best John Wayne movie is? McClintock. Nope. The, no. I, I would say The Quiet Man. The Quiet Man. Okay. I was about that look at your John face. Wayne I was like, is it McClintock? The Quiet Man is. It's one of my McClintock favorite McClintock is the best. I've seen Quiet Man like John three Wayne times movie. and it's only because of Annie Darren St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, watch yeah. The, Iron, the Quiet Man. I watched the Iron that Man on, the anti, on the anti on the St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's like uh, St. Patrick's Day Easter. That's that kind of... Is it St. Patrick's Day? I thought it was St. Patrick's Day. It's not Easter. No, it is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. You watch The Iron, the Quiet Man. It's all about Inish Free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. I love. Ah, so, Gina Carano. Yeah, that could that could be cool depending on I'm, who puts dude, that movie together. I will I will happily watch Gina Carano's. Do you know who Gina group. Carano is? She's, she's this mixed martial artist who was in a um, movie called Haywire. That was she's her name like sounds six months familiar. Ago. I don't yeah. know if you showed me her picture. I know she's she like is, the version star. Don't do movies is, anymore. So. Like, she's only been in one movie. That's the funny thing. That yeah. like, oh yeah, we're gonna get her for the Expendables. She's been in so many of these one movie that came out six months ago. Yeah, but I'm she's she's been she's filmed a couple other movies. She's gonna be in the next Fast and Furious movie. Oh, she is. I'm just excited. Excited to have this tough lady action hero. Yeah, she's... I don't care that she quote unquote can't act. I just want her to punch people. She's the fucking... she punches people so good. She's the Dolph Lundgren of female yes. action stars, where she shouldn't be I talking, like but she is badass. That's awesome. I think that's yeah. great because we don't get that. You don't get that with ladies. Yeah, for Annie's birthday, I so got her since Red Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Red exactly. Sonia yeah, what's her face? Yeah. It all. yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's why you don't see it. Oh, Red Sonia is unwatchable. Oh man, man, um, and it took out all the ladies. Nielsen. Bridget That's Nielsen. Right. It yeah. took out all the lady superheroes. You can't have a lady. I mean, she just killed it all. Yeah. Killed oh, so I didn't realize. So in the Avengers, Colby Smulder, she was going to be Joss Whedon's uh, choice and to play Wonder Woman. A great yeah. name, Colby, Colby Smulder, and she looks name. like a Colby Smulder. She, she does. Yeah, yeah. she totally Such does. Awesome she's great in um, uh, Avengers. She has a small part, but she's one of the agents of Shield. So she's this badass 
Agent Lady. Have you, you seen know, how I'm talking Japanese to me right now? Because I have no <laughs> idea what. Have you seen how I met your mother? Yes, she's in that. She's uh, the main uh, brunette lady, not, not Robin. Yeah, I think so. I've only really? seen a couple episodes, but she's like an action star. She's one of the major characters in well, the so Avengers. Cool. I can see yeah. her. I can totally see her being and an action figure. She, and she was and gonna she, be. She slugged Barney really good one time. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Joss yeah. Whedon wanted her to be Wonder Woman in his Wonder Woman. She would be an awesome Wonder. Woman. Yeah, I was watching the Avengers last night, and you know, she's a little more action fied up, where she's got kind of like damage. You know, she's kind of dressed up and stuff in the, in the Avengers. But yeah, we're looking at her. She would have been Emma perfect. Peeler on running around kicking butt. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of yeah. Oh man. oh man, that would be is Diana Riggs still kicking around, right? Yeah, yeah, she she's is. still. I would want her to be like the the Charlie to. Well, they got Diana Riggs for the Expendables movie. That, that would be great. I know it would never happen. She, she could be like their cute. Rad. Yes, that's what I want. I want her to be their boss. Oh or like my that. god, be rad. You Which know is... what I'd like to see? I'd like to see. Um, oh, who played Galadriel and. Oh, uh, um, uh, Blanchett. Oh, uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. I would love to oh, see her. Oh, we already talked to some. That would be rad. Well, she was in, really good at She that. played the villain in this action movie called Hannah. She was so good. Oh, oh I forgot. She was about the villain that. in the last Indiana Jones movie. Which oh, she, yeah. That was bad. I know <laughs> it was, but she was you know, a good villain. I still think of uh, speaking of Catherine great. Hepburn. She plays Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator. Oh, man. Did you ever see Catherine that? Hepburn no. impression in The Aviator? Ah, makes me wish we lived in an alternate world where, where Kate Blanchett was just a Catherine Hepburn. Catherine, I mean that's She's the closest. Very good that's actress. the closest yeah. this generation can get to actually having Catherine Hepburn is Kate Blanchett going Kate Blanchett golfing. Should be the villain in the female Expendables. I know that she has uh, got other things else to do. Really good. Yeah. Glenn Close would be awesome yeah. as a female. See, that'd be kind of cool. Like she maybe was, not necessarily action stars, but just even yeah. kind of like major like and lady badass personalities. Song, <laughs> if she could break into song at some point in time, sing her evil plan. That it would actually be to me the perfect. You know what? I know we're making the most movie that would never make. We're this close. I can see that. We're this yeah, close to getting like to Bette Midler in this, too. <laughs> that would be fantastic! Oh my gosh, the funny, she could be the funny sidekick. That's what I'm saying! Well, but, you, know, you know this. Oh. All these ladies would be like, yeah, I'll do it, actually. Can no we one's just asked. around the set? It'll just be this troubling road show. And listen to them talk over lunch. Oh go. my god. They, oh, you can sell DVDs of just the documentary about the making so of. There you go. Oh my god. And what are all these people doing now anyways? Movies, and that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm making a list of our female incredible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I watched Beaches the other day. I've never <laughs> seen that before. I've never oh, seen Beaches. Wonderful in Beaches. I've heard, I've heard good things about Beaches. Shirley yeah. McLean. Oh, well, you know, Shirley MacLaine is going Girl, to get mad. I saw that. I saw it. The new she's season just started. I downloaded the first episode. Yeah. Oh, did you do you watch Downton Abbey? I do. Uh, did you see that there's going to be a prequel? Really? They yeah, announced this week sense. they're going to try. It's going to be about Robert and Cora and how yeah. they first hook up. Yeah. That makes sense. Which makes sense because that's like, that's like 20 years removed and you could, that's a whole different era. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean. That's clever. And it's an equally beautiful era to film. Yeah, so exactly. I can understand why they Which I guess would be like, what, like the 1890s then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Gilded Age. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Victorian. Oh man. I would watch that for five minutes and then turn it off. And the I show notes, I watch. call them the Downton Abbeys. Wait, <laughs> what's up? You don't I like thought... Downton Abbey? I thought you it was going to be joke? upstairs, downstairs. Are you making yeah. a joke? Well, I don't know. We've had this exact conversation on this podcast. <laughs> 15 Annie hates Downton Abbey. 
Well, no, it's like we have had this conversation. I don't hate. It. I tried to watch it, and this I got as far. Not your it's not my stick. I got as far in the first episode as uh, the dude saying, "Don't Abby is my wife." Oh, like, that's oh, right. No, you should watch it just the for the prettiness on Downton Abbey. I'm so glad they made Downton Abbey just so that they could have the parodies like Downtown Arby's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would see that. Incredible. <laughs> and then Jimmy Fallon's take on Downton Abbey yeah. is. I've so not seen funny. too many of these. I've seen like Game of oh, Thrones parodies. Oh, you need to go but... find the derivatives. They're just the oh, parodies. Oh man, it is worth asking just for that. Yeah. But there's great casting. Like I watch it just it's as much for the pretty. Good. We were I had friends over last Sunday night. We watched three episodes of, of the second season in a row. And I spent half the time just thinking about well, what I would do if I owned that castle they filmed at. Yeah. The, oh god. And, yeah. And for Anglophiles, there is just nothing better yeah. than. And that's why I enjoyed like the Agatha Christie so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the production value is just so fantastic. Agatha yeah. Christie shows up on an episode of Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who. Stuff. Does she really? Yeah, she gets. You know, yeah. there's a great movie about Agatha Christie herself. Really? That was made with, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the, the guy who was Hook. Oh, uh, Dustin Hoffman? Dustin Hoffman was in it. And really? he was a reporter. Oh, this was back, and Vanessa Redgrave was Agatha Christie. Really? And it was about, she lost, there, there are two months of her life where no one knows what happened to her. Huh. And it's all about she, something had happened terrible in her life at that point in time, mm-hmm. personally. And, she, and she just disappeared for two months. And it's a, this story, this made-up story about Dustin Hoffman is a reporter and he's looking for her. And he finds her and she's she's attempting to create the perfect murder and she's going to murder herself. Oh, okay. And he Whoa. prevents her from doing it. It is a, I wish I could remember the name of the movie. It was, it's something you should oh, watch. Fantastic. It's yeah. really, really huh. cool. It was made, I think, back in the 70s. Yeah, the Doctor Who episode with uh, David Tennant, it's, it, it also explains her. Oh, her, it was on the David Tennant. Yeah, it was. Who? It was like the hit the fourth season and, or you know, something six, like that. Six Degrees of Separation. Why is David Tennant important to the BBC production of the Agatha Christie shows? Also, I have no idea because he's married to one of the main characters in the Agatha Christie oh, he? shows. Because they keep bringing back this ensemble group. Everybody yeah. comes back as a different character and yeah. a different story. It's a pretty large group, but you do keep seeing a yeah. lot of these same people. And his wife is one of the main characters in one of the. Agatha oh, really? That's funny because his wife is also the daughter of one uh, of the guys Peter who also played. Davidson. Yeah, Peter Davidson. My yeah. favorite Doctor Who. Oh. In BBC, I'm sure there's like two degrees of Doctor Who. It's not even three. There are only Doctor thirty Who. British actors, exactly. and if you're getting into Harry Potter, then you got to. It is funny because if you're exactly. watching Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, and Downton Abbey, you're yep. just seeing all these character actors just get shuffled throughout all three. Like yeah. like last week's Doctor Who, you had uh, Filch from Harry Potter. Yeah, and then you've got uh, red-haired ch- uh, typist chick from the first season of Downton Abbey shows up yeah. in Game of Thrones as an egret. Yeah. And all this, yeah, it's between those three shows, you just see, like, everyone just getting shuffled around. And I think it's a testament to what good actors they are, because they can play all these different characters, although Mr. Weasley showed up as an evil bad guy in a recent show that I saw. Oh, really? I just, I'm like, no, this can't be. Mr. Weasley just showed up as one of the main characters' dads on Doctor Who (laughs) just last week. Bad is getting worse. I know, oh, it's so well, Doctor Who, he's just a big, he's almost Mr. Weasley again, where he's just like, this big <laughs> oh, kind of did you see, uh, yeah. you know, I freaked out at the uh, opening games of the Olympics because I miss them all. Oh, I have that. The guy who played, uh, um, the guy who turns into the rat is his, he's, he's Ron's rat. Oh yeah, oh, he plays time. Churchill. Yeah. Yes, he played Churchill in the openings and it's like, oh my God, when is he going to turn he into played, a rat? Yeah. <laughs> he played Churchill on Doctor Who. Yeah. He no, was, he, he was, a, he was on Doctor Who, but Churchill. he didn't play Churchill. Was Somebody he Churchill else in that, in that, um, so. uh, the whole episode where, Timothy Spoons or something. Yeah, Timothy Spoons or something like that. He's a very good actor, but, and he does a fantastic He's a great actor. Pretty sure he and was Kenneth Churchill. Kenneth Branagh was something. Spall. Was Timothy Spall. That's his name. Spall. That's it. S P A U G H. 
Oh, I thought it was S-P-A-L-L. No. Timothy Spall. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'd rather be wrong. But well, Bill, well, Bill Googles furtively. Uh. Um, the, two triple packs were announced this week. Uh, Mass Effect Trilogy and also the Ezio Assassin's Creed I don't have trilogy. the dates for this or anything like that, but um, sometime The Mass this Effect fall. one comes out in November. Like That's also coming out for PlayStation 3, this which is, is the first time. Thing. Yeah, Mass Effect 1 has never been on the PlayStation 3 before. Ah, ta ta And yeah, all the Ezio. I forgot there were three Ezio games. I know. Can you believe how many? For, for Assassin's Creed 3 coming out this fall, there were... There were there were there only three Ezio games. I feel like there were four. There have been four Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> three of them were all Assassin's Creed Two. Welcome <laughs> to the world of video games. That there's been five Assassin's Creed games, and Assassin's Creed Three is just coming out next month. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Assassin's Creed games. And did you are buy actually... them all? Oh, I bought them all first. And he did. And there you go. I know the, the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, exactly. They're my favorite. They're dumb. They're dumb as rocks, but I love them because they're um. It's a sci-fi, the first game, just hit me right in the eyes. You play a assassin during um, the Third Crusade in Jerusalem. So, but there's all this parkour. Yeah, Annie written all over. So oh, no, yeah. All when they put the out the first announcement trailer for this, Annie just almost Well, and the, the, um, yeah. the, the, the art direction they took liberally from um, Kingdom of Heaven, which is my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful game. And really, in as much as it is about killing, the killing is the smallest part of the game because you're an assassin and it's, you only kill evil people who have done these certain things who are trying to destroy the world. Or take over the world, and um, you're wiping out Templars. Yeah, you're right, the evil Templars. But um, it's it's more about exploration and climbing all these beautiful buildings and doing these acts of athleticism. It's parkour through history, is what I call it. Yeah. And then the first game, I was very excited because there was this this sci-fi veneer over it all because the premise of the game series is that you play this character named um, Miles Desmond, or excuse me, Desmond Miles who is a descendant of, he, he is, there is this bloodline of assassins, and there is this machine in the future that allows you to access your ancestors' memories, which is a very clever mechanic, because that means if you're playing the game and you do something incorrectly, as opposed to having a game over screen, you have messed up time, and that's why we have to start over again. That's interesting. It's a very clever mechanic. So, and but, so you're playing as this guy in, like, 2012. When this yeah. first game, when the first game came out, like, five years ago, 2012 was enough in the future. It's like, the near future, when we've invented this time travel machine yeah. that lets you relive the memories of your ancient ancestor yeah. yeah so this guy is playing as his like ancestor during the third uh yeah. third crusade who was an assassin who was yeah. part of the hashishin but it's it's clever because yeah. it's it's just an excuse to go through history so, so like, you're just like game. running around jerusalem they rebuilt oh, jerusalem it's, it's beautiful and so jerusalem it's just like seeing the sights and sounds of just running around jerusalem it's not it's, really yeah, it really yeah. isn't about killing as much as it's very much like, about ambient uh, ambience and environments and, and it's beautiful they did enough world building it's the closest thing yeah. there is to like a, a holodeck as far as just going out and visiting this yeah. past mm. world it's and so, cool. and the 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 the, th the three games they made after that: Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Two Two, Assassin's <laughs> Creed Two Part Three, all <laughs> yeah. took place in. Well, the first two games took place. Uh, the first one was Florence. The second mm -hmm. one was Rome. The third one was Constantinople. Yeah. But again, it's a, in like the it's like pre Renaissance or early or I should say um, it's 15th century. It is like, century. yeah Renaissance. But well, yeah, that idea in your Florence, you're, you're running around with the Medici and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. So it's cool because it's like it basically ties in all these actual figures from history. And like in the first game, they went out of the way to do this. In the second, in the second series, not so much. You people die they actually their actual deaths, but they were all done by the assassins, who are always this counterforce that are trying to keep the Templars in check from taking over the world. So it's a really weird history game. Yeah. Where you're killing people who did die mysteriously. 
Yeah. But it's being explained by, like, your character killed all these people. Yeah. Or was somehow connected but to But you're doing deaths. this by, like, running up the top of the Duomo in Rome yeah. or something like that. Or, like, you know, just all kinds of... That's cool. It's kind it's, of a weird it's very, So it's Annie beautiful. loves... I mean, I, I love, love these games, games, too, but Annie... Like, I like oh, these games, but I Annie's like... Oh, yeah, they're my favorite. I mean, the story is, is unfortunately really dumb the worst female i mean offensive female characters well all the stuff that takes place games. now where it's the sci-fi part of the, the story is actually the dumbest was, part i was most excited about the first game because yeah. i'm like all this crusade stuff i was down but then that you they hint at this world where the future where the templars control pretty much everything through technology and drug like they're in pharmaceuticals and like they're very close to realizing it's all dopey but it was cool world it was a though. neat it was a neat glimpse of what could be and yeah. then they i mean it's all be and it's dumb it's all justification dumb. to have you character running through ancient Jerusalem. Exactly. I mean, that's really all boils it's, down to. It. That's all that stuff is window dressing. That the third game comes out this fall, and what's interesting is that you play a um, a young um, uh, Dracula, <laughs> young Dracula, in uh, during the American Revolution. So you're running around Boston. What is it with vampires? What? No, you're not. No, actually, I was not just actually joking actually about that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like you can roll with that. That does sound like a video game. You, can play, you play a vampire during the American Revolution. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're so. playing as this half. Yeah, he's like you're a half, half Indian. American, I can't remember what tribe. Half. Um, yeah, it's a particular tribe. Half English guy. Um, who, and you're you are somehow I don't know how because you're you're an assassin bloodline. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm really excited about it. I was kind of disappointed because the big thing that I've always hoped for was that one of your ancestors would be a woman. Because it, you know, sure. there are pro- like they would always say, well, women couldn't run around in history. I'm like, women dressed up like men, men and ran around in history. Well, also, women are thrown at the throughout history. It's not like they have to run yeah. around and be stabbing and people. And that's but the thing. Like... There's a huge stealth element of this game where you blend into the environment. And what blends into more of the environment than just no, a washerwoman yeah. or. What's interesting, and what I, I they're going to trick me into buying this stupid device, is that at the same time, they have another game coming out for the handheld PlayStation um, console um, called... Um, it's Assassin's Creed, but it takes place in New Orleans. Rev- is, it, it's not, is it called Revolution? I Something think it is. like that, yeah. But anyway, it's at, it takes place at the same time in New Orleans with a young Creole woman who go, who is an assassin. I'm like, damn it, I'm going to have to buy this stupid... Handles, but she's also kind of pirated up too. It's kind of oh, funny. Oh yeah. yeah, they're trying to. Cater. Well, she's kind of like a buccaneer. But what's like... interesting is that so you have the this pro- this major, huge, prominent tentpole game series where the one game is a half Native American character and one is an African American woman. That's kind of cool. Like I played this game Sleeping Dogs and it was so much fun because I was just not a white guy for the first time. I was you're playing a an Asian man running around kicking butt. And it was very, it was fun. To play oh, you're still different. doing kung fu, but you're you're kung what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? But anyway, it's fun to not play a white guy. This is my moral story. Anyway, Assassin's so this Creed. all just comes out from yeah, three of the Assassin Creed, uh, Assassin Creed games are coming out in a triple yeah. pack. Ezio, so. I love him. Um, retail sales at, of the latest World of Warcraft expansion are down 60% from the previous expansion, Cataclysm, which is the first time a World of Warcraft expansion has sold less than a previous expansion. It looks like World of Warcraft, while still enormously popular, is really finally starting to wind down. Yeah. It's only been which 10 is, years. Yeah, which is only a big deal because World of Warcraft is such a huge thing in the gaming industry. Yeah. yeah th- like, yeah, they said this is the first time. Yeah, it's a, it's not only the fact that sales are down 60%. These are retail sales, though. That's the thing. I, I heard that this is retail sales. What about digital? They they haven't said. I don't know if the, uh, Blizzard gives out digital uh, sales unless they're fantastic and they want Trump. Like we sold yeah. bazillion last year. Because I think blah, blah. this this is potentially an article that's more about is the that a prevalence of digital. Company? 
Yeah, it is. No, 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 wait, no, because it's oh, Activision, Activision Blizzard. Blizzard. No, it, it's... But they they are, they have stockholders and everything. Well, you're better. Yeah, they have to report that stuff. That's how half the stuff in the video game industry comes out with some people. Yeah, the, the video game industry is very close. They hold their cards to their chest. That's why you never hear anything about Steam or Valve, because that is a private company. They're privately held. Company. But yeah, I'm more curious to hear about the digital sales, because I think this is not a story this about is more retail. Warcraft. This yeah. is about retail not having the power once did. Because yeah. it, it's an online game. Why would I go to a store and buy an expansion for it when I can just download it? It wouldn't even occur to me. Yeah. If it was the first time, or why would I even go to a store? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I didn't know this. This is exciting. Uh, Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield are coming back for the next Spider-Man movie. Is Emma Stone? Hey, they haven't said anything about coming back? They said she's too ugly. <laughs> go away. It's too ugly. <laughs> Shut up, Emma Stone. Your voice. You sound like a garbage truck. <laughs> bring her in. They're going to bring in Anne Hathaway and her boobs. Yeah! <laughs> get her! As <laughs> Catwoman. Do you know who Emma Stone is? Yeah, your daughter's got a crush on her. Oh my god! That's what I'm saying. You're still, you're still like, you're just gay for Foley, but then you're also gay for one or two other ladies in pop culture. She's yeah. pretty. Oh, there are women who are beautiful. I'm not saying I'm still Anne, Hath- Anne Hathaway. I'm not gay for her, but I think she's <laughs> absolutely stunningly beautiful. Yeah, she's kind of got a classic Hollywood. I don't want to kiss on Emma Stone. I just want to see her and kiss on Andrew Garfield. Oh, okay. I don't think that's homosexual related. I think that's just she's <laughs> a pre- You don't see pretty beautiful stunning people in your life no 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 when you're no. walking down the street yeah. and when you do it's like <gasps> everybody just drools and turns <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously it, whether they're male or female a, a really good looking person is yeah. an anomaly emma stone actually looks like a little cat lady where she does look like <laughs> she or she looks like she's running too fast her eyes are kind of going ah! <laughs> maybe she, she has the stigmatism <laughs> I'm like, hello, I'm a mistake. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, uh, uh, there's a Kickstarter for a documentary about Divine. Like, did, Divine Divine? Yeah, Divine, the really? John Waters lady. Yeah. I'm going to see how wait, I'm gonna see how well this is doing. <laughs> they need $40,000, and I saw yesterday they had less than 10000 but they still have three weeks to go. I was going to say, for a first day for a documentary about Divine, that's pretty That's not too bad. <laughs> about a dead, about overweight him. transvestite who died 30 years ago? About him before. I'm kind of surprised. I, I, like, I, there may have been, but maybe not. Well, someone starting a one new one, I guess. Did. Yeah. Oh, really? Years ago. And it was very touching. He was a very, very touching. You know, he was a very touching. He sounds story. like. All those John Waters people actually sound pretty interesting. I and mean, they're all kind of like social freaks and stuff and like damaged, that. damaged, but they're just solid, basically. None of them people. sound like bad. No, no one they wanted to hurt anybody. People. They were all just kind of crazy. John Waters but... was like that. He was a really decent yeah. human being. He's just a little skewed. John, John Waters turned into this old lady now. Because, like, even he yes. admits, like, when he was younger, he's like, nothing's worse than, like, seeing an old man try to, especially an old gay man, try to act hot and badass and, like, counterculture. So he says he'll still still make movies these days, but this is why he's not, like, interested in, interested in getting in politics because no one wants to hear, like, old John Waters, like, yeah, gay, yeah, sexy, oh, I'm gonna strip naked and be all, like, kind of crazy, like, you flamboyant gay. I'm like, that's not hot, you you want to see no, anyone do not. that? You want to be a hot, young, sexy gay man, be all crazy and stuff. There's you can say that of, of I know, but that's John Waters' philosophy. He's yeah. been espousing his whole life, and so <laughs> yeah. that's why, like, you see him. He's just still like With his, his handlebar little, mustache, his little and... pencil thin mustache. He's just like, hello there. You know, it's just yeah. very. He's yeah. He is, he's, he's very restrained. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy. But yeah, no, it's a Vine documentary. That's he's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To the, yeah. I didn't know about this. NBC is going to make a TV show. I like Phil, I like your turn of phrase about Thomas Edison inventing steampunk bullshit for the New York Police Department and solving crimes. Yeah. So is it going to be a period show? 
period-ish, I, I guess. I'm, it must be. Uh, NBC announced a ton of crazy uh, TV shows they're doing. Half of which in Earth off, they're making a rip-off of Treme. Because it's about a march, like a like a band, a roving band in New Orleans, mm-hmm. which is just what that HBO show Treme was about. Isn't it called Treme? Is it or... Treme? It's got a little thingy at the end. I assume yeah. it's Treme. Looks like Treme. We're let's put it this way: so few people. If it's got an accent on it, then it is Treme. It, if it's so yeah. few people are talking about that, we don't. No, we've I never heard like... anyone say I've talk about it out loud. Yeah, this this is is like my all uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, NBC is gonna do a Thomas Edison show. I'm assuming the major villain of the show is going to be Tesla. You know what? I just want, I just want, that just means I just want an Atomic Robo TV show. Because yeah. the premise of Atomic Robo is that Thomas Edison is an evil super scientist, basically. That... Well, you know, Thomas Edison was not the most uh, ethical man. He no. was totally so, Oh, I was on a be, you know, podcast last Saturday. Oh, I didn't even mention this. I was on the Geek Fight, Nerd Fight podcast uh, at Nerd Fight. It, Google new Nerd Fight. That's a podcast. You'll find out. I was on last week's episode. One of the big nerd fight questions was who's who is the more evil historical figure, Andrew. Who's the guy who screwed up the Indians? Yeah. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Andrew Jackson or Thomas Edison? We all. Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison was a jerk. Yeah, but he didn't kill anybody directly. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jackson no, was an interesting character. I mean, Jackson, yes, he was, but Jackson, yeah, Jackson. That was getting confused with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. he was out to. He was. He was. He had a... Edison was just a jackass who wanted power. To power. Yeah, both I literally and figuratively. figuratively. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> was Edison the one that kickstarted the thing where, like, he wanted to? Was he the one pushing for the electric chair being the the lethal? Probably. Yeah. Thing in New York. Well, yeah, he because he the idea because they use AC current. And he was the proponent of DC current. He he filmed footage of a of an uh, an elephant being electrocuted by um by whichever was it he AC or DC? Yeah, whatever. Whatever the one he, he was a proponent AC. of. Yeah, yeah. he's by a direct current to show how dangerous it was. Edison was and Tesla was just sitting there going, "Are you kidding me, Ken?" <laughs> I wonder about an alternate world where Tesla was able to do what he did, or you what know, he that to would do. be interesting. Because like, see how different our world would be if man, we could do that. That was the only part of the Prestige that was really, really good. Like, really, really good was all of the Tesla stuff. Because yeah. like David Bowie as Tesla with Andy Serkis as his little minion. I know that's the face you should make. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Actually, I can see David that's, Bowie. That's he did an amazing job as Tesla. He rides a giant glass spider into his lab. <laughs> His hair is just CGI flame, (laughs) and he's just kind of twinkling on a guitar. He's like Tesla. (laughs) Oh wow! DC guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I saw an ad for this before the movie last night. Uh, Uh, The History Channel premiering a big. This is Bill's burning again. Big dumb Down Abbey style historical soap about J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, and other heads of industry from 100 years ago. Well, this is where I think that actually sounds kind of no. I saw that. That's enough for me to like. Rich Fodder there. Yeah, Rockefeller. Well, it's funny because like between like a shirt like the rise of popularity of the Sherlock stuff and Down Abbey, it seems like like period big interconnecting soap stuff is becoming a big thing. This definitely seems Down Abbey inspired. Where yeah, I guess it's going to be a big History Channel series about like Vanderbilt and the Carnegies and yeah. All that stuff, which is that I'm surprised no one's actually done a show that's about that before. It's like, because they're still Vanderbilt and Carnegie. Maybe that's it. Well, that's that's actually good. And they got a lot of money and they got a lot of power. Betcha. And that. That, those those people are still uh, making waves. That's a really good yeah. point, actually. I hadn't considered that because yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of um, what was it, the Frida Kahlo movie that came out, where Edward Norton shows up as a Rockefeller. 
Oh, he just yeah. kind of shows up, rocks the boat, and leaves. And I thought that was like that was such an interesting. And I was like, why don't I know anything about the Rockefellers? Why haven't I seen anything about them? I mean, you That'll know, do it. Mr. Rockefeller was vice president here with Mr. Gerald Ford, so that wasn't too far in the yeah, yeah, distant that's past. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that, that that's. I don't know how good the series is going to be, but that just seemed like an issue. Oh yeah, if they I, get the right actors, that could be a yeah. very good show. Because as an elevator, everyone pitch, seems super young though. I don't know when it's supposed to take place, are... but it's like young, sexy Carnegie. It's young, sexy J.P. Morgan. You know, so it's it's you kind of get watching the trailer. Get shirt and wandering around. <laughs> just like hello. They just, don't need the muscle shirt. They have money. They just pour pouring oil on their naked hard torsos. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm steely hard. You know, just like just like my railroad. Yeah. <laughs> So, friends who have not seen Looper, seriously, if you've not seen Looper yet, hi, here's the Clip Notes version. Go see it. It's really good. Come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Come back podcast. and listen to the rest of the podcast. Oh, I'll get smacked. All right, guys. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. on Reddit of the people who are cleaning out the soda machines at movie theaters and, and fast food joints where like if you don't clean that stuff every day organic stuff oh, starts to grow in there and you get like sugar. gray wormy just oh, like gross. it looks like something expl- yeah. like like a, like a pigeon exploded inside the manifold and rotted yeah it's really nasty and you see like these pictures are all over oh, the internet of like public soda machines yeah yeah seriously there, so there's the two things to think about soda machines there's, there's that and did you watch Parks and Rec this week yeah exactly there's a child size soda it's approximately the size of a child that was actually a great episode for the looper part of the podcast we're talking about parks and recreation but yeah no that was also great just showing how she had to choose between like yeah jobs and actual the health of the community that's that was actually a great little well and also she is such a friend to everyone it's like for the first time she's having to be her own person and not maybe pissing people off when she throws up she does not throw up into the child size soda thing is that what she's throwing up into i just thought about that just now but yeah no parks and recreation anyway so um we're gonna talk about looper everybody this is your last chance we'll bring up looper yeah go see looper right now it's worth it um it's worth seeing very much so and uh, god i can't believe i got a soda yesterday at the theater while seeing looper now i'm kind of grossed out (laughs) retroactively yeah that's right no i'm drinking coke here not the not the coke out of the cans any theater. anyway no um uh yeah looper i I went to go see bill looper last night with my papa Mm -hmm. and brennan chase and mafofo and uh, bill went to go see it yesterday uh what did you think of looper bill that was okay i thought it was eh eh 
I, when, do you, do you really, when the movie it, was it, over, I just I just loudly screamed, eh, uh, Okay, as loud as possible. Is it, is it really no, it's, it's, it may be the best time travel movie of all time. Yeah. I okay. love time travel. No, I thought it was you fantastic. you on Twitter, and I was like, oh, no, it's the new moon. As much as I was flipping yeah. out about moon like two or three years ago when that came out. Did you ever see moon, Kathy? You would like moon. Moon is a great It's not movie. particularly violent. There's some like barf throwing up. There's some body horror in it. But it's uh, a character it's a gets really, sick. It's a very mild. It's it's as these things go. It's very mild. But it's actually a very good, very thoughtful sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's about this guy who's stuck on the moon, like managing this little. It's, like it's mining a mining colony, colony, but it's only it's only managed by one guy because you know it's, instead of it's having all Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is the main he's character. A very he's good the only guy. character he's in the movie. So good. He it's the whole movie just him, and it's very compelling. I will watch Moon. Moon is good. Yeah, but yeah, um, I'm on vacation. I don't want anyone to get emotionally involved. You know what? To be fair, it's a very upsetting movie. So yeah, it is. I don't. I like mean, it is a very bittersweet yeah. ending. What is it about throw up? Why yeah. is everybody doing? Oh, this guy's his teeth fall well, out. He's it's so sad. He, spoilers for Moon. This is actually the Moon Here we go. spoiler. Just, just, you'll never see it. So I'll tell you. <laughs> he finds out that he's a clone. He has all these uh, thoughts of it's a four year contract, and after four years he gets to go home, and he'll go into this little chamber, and they'll shoot him back home. And he has all these memories. Well, it turns out that however many cycles ago, this guy did sign up, but he signed up to be to do all that, and he was cloned. He donated and, his DNA for all these clones because yeah. for some reason these clones only live for like four years, yeah. and so they just set, shipped up like four hundred copies of this one guy up to the moon mm-hmm. so they could like this guy can keep running this automated uh mining facility on the moon yeah. and just and keep on like, shipping i'm gonna get to see my wife i'm gonna get to see my baby girl my newborn girl but yeah something this. goes wrong in this one cycle where he realizes instead of just like naturally dying as all the clones do they just think they get sick with a disease and kind of die yeah their uh, body starts he finds out that like it's not a normal sickness that like he had there's this whole like think of clones beneath this space station on the moon and it's just all this, it's a crazy and so and one of his clones becomes activated yeah. and is the new and he's all young and youthful and whereas there's this other sam rockwell who's falling apart and they're trying to figure out what to do and at first there's a conflict you know like well, I, well i'm the real guy and you're and, and it's it's very clever and it's beautiful it's a very slow budget science fiction movies that rather than doing cgi and everything for like the rover going around it's little models and everything oh it's one, It's an old school science fiction movie, and the score Annie, is fantastic. We are not here to talk about a well scored film <laughs> about a character dealing with his <laughs> with other <second> self, self. <laughs> and dealing about white guy identity issues in the future. We're here to talk about a well scored film about two guys who are the same guy in the future uh, fighting against. Derivative? Yeah. <laughs> oh! I came home. I came home from Looper really excited about Looper. Dad liked it. Fully liked it. Brandon Chase liked it. We're just like, yeah, yeah, go home and I describe it to mom. Like, you're never going to see it. I'm going to tell you everything that's happened. And she's just like, hmm. That's bullshit. Hmm. <laughs> I've heard that you story paid before. for that? I've heard that story before. I've heard that part of that story before. I've it really is about the, the execution before. of the movie. Like, just even like, yeah, like how the time travel stuff slots together. Yeah. The movie is, like, it is core and it has the emotional, the movie really isn't about the time travel. Time it's travel not, just yeah. is is paying service to a larger story. Fair, because even if, you, even if you're retelling the same story but the basic story is about a guy who's trying to get out and he's on the run from his employers i mean you've seen a thousand or at least you know you've read books and it is like it's a crime movie and you know as much as it is a sci-fi movie yeah criminal trying to get out of the system while his uh, other criminals are trying to chase him and stuff yeah Yeah. but i it was fantastic it was all the performances were great i really liked the world building they did yeah Um, so should we tell 
Well, this I is great because Ka- Kathy not being here. Yeah. But she, she, so she, the she, basic gist that the movie takes place in 2050, uh, 2044. Yeah. Um, 2044, Kansas, no less. Scenic, I know, not Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. but just Kansas in general. Yep. Yeah, the idea is that and by 2074, time travel has been invented by an evil kid. Well, we don't know that necessarily. It's insinuated pretty heavily. Yeah, it is. Because you see a kid's five years old, four years old, and he's building the little froggy things. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the I like the fact they don't, yeah, it's implicated, but yeah. implied. Yeah. Well, the, 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 but the looping is Is that a great explanation of what the movie is? <laughs> but the looping is happening before he takes over. Because loopers are going on. Like it's it's like all the murders and everything. Or actually, we don't know. How do you know you didn't build back... the time? How do you know you didn't use the time machine to help take over between his yeah. telekinesis and he the could time be sending, machine? That could be how he's killing all those people. Is he's just sending them back back to be killed? Yeah, That's exactly. True. He could have started the whole point. looping thing, and now he's taken over. He's closing down the looping thing by yeah. closing off all the loops. Like any time travel movie, don't think about it too hard. But if you don't, it's you know, a fry really your good egg, fry, egg. fry your brain. Apparently, the original draft said fry your egg like a brain. Because it's Ryan Johnson. That's Ryan Johnson over. They changed it for the final movie. Oh, I wish they kept it because that is Ryan Johnson yeah. all over. But, yeah. But um, uh, no, it's uh, really uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt does an amazing job. I love Joseph. Gordon-Levitt. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt too, and he did such a great job of being Bruce Willis. Well, they made him up. The only thing about his makeup for to make him more look like Bruce Willis, they kind of. I don't know what they did, they but they did something. They flattened his nose so it looks like his nose is always pressed against the glass because Bruce Willis has that kind of like yeah. beaky, kind of like hawk shape. Not beaky, yeah. but like, like, he looks like a like stone that. mesa where it drops yeah. off yeah. the arch of the nose. And, then and his they eyes. did his lips look a little weird. Yeah. Mouth. I think it's the way he holds it or something, but he does. Yeah. He really does a good job. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> and like, they did just draw a line a little bit. Like the only thing is, contacts look fake as hell. Because he's wearing like these, they just look like plastic contacts. Because I think like, Jordan Gordon love it. I think he has like brown eyes, so they get, they wanted to give him. I didn't realize Bruce Willis has green blue eyes until I saw. It's like what's his eyes look? Weird. Jordan Gordon Levitt's eyes look a little weird, and they look kind of plasticky contacty. What are you gonna do? It's a little I, budget time. It didn't take me out of the movie. It was, it, what, that's, it was weird because it's Joe Scott Levitt with different color eyes. Yeah, that's that was kind of weird. He out. just looks more interesting. Or yeah. odd. And it was he a lot of bad. it. It was a very, like, he did a very, you could tell he watched a lot of movies and he watched how the man moves. Like, very subtle little things. Like, how yeah, he puts on it his gets a little. It gets a little goofy sometimes where he's kind of, it's, it seems like he's almost like a Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live skit a couple times where he's, like, kind of doing the mincing, kind of wincing, like, it almost seems like he's I doing disagree. like a Robert De Niro impression once or twice, I especially when he gets exactly. hauled in by the, like his boss to talk about like where the guys like where he's when, when dude that was Bruce Willis is just, whenever he's in that he's just like eh, he's me, a smart asshole. That's I know Bruce I'm not saying he's wrong. That's Bruce Willis the... moonlighting oh, even. I know. Yeah, yeah. The boy with the, when he's caught with a hand in his cookie jar, he has this except for six cents. He was not a smart. No, that is true. Yeah, he's actually pretty honest and open in that. Yeah, because even in Pulp Fiction and stuff, oh yeah, that's kind of his thing. Well, that's why this that was the secret brilliance of this movie is it's Bruce Willis playing any other Bruce Willis character. But like, there's one or two bits the movie where it seems like he's like jordan gordon levin has really ramped up the the bruce willisness of where he's kind of doing them yeah i'm gonna squint yeah how disagree. you doing which i'm assuming maybe that was like the first couple days of production so That's he was like i got from the trailer yeah he's really acting he is trying That's to fine. be Wilfred, but i thought I, it did job. not take me out of the there's just one or two parts where he's like man he's like doing what i would if i had to do a bruce willis impersonation of what yes, i would Bill, do let's film looper in your basement because <laughs> you do as good a job as acting like bruce you know the, you know my looper self it. is uh harry uh, harry knowles <laughs> job of hiding what the movie is actually about i thought they did a very good in the trailers golf. and everything like that <laughs> golf. it was golf war 
Because I, I thought it was very, and it was very kind of subtly, I, I, I take it from your thing that you did not like the telekinesis aspect No, just it. the only reason, like, that's, uh, telekinesis is the only thing in the movie where I thought you could have maybe cut that out and maybe not lost that much. I'm not even quite sure what telekinesis is in the movie. Because story-wise, it doesn't do that much other than kind of make the well, kid a crazy threat. the thing is that it's, like, it's about the, the genesis of a supervillain. I like that little... Yeah, little, I know. But it's like, a little... We thought we were going to get superheroes, and so we got people doing bar tricks. Well, also, just from a world-building perspective, the idea that, like, mutations suddenly happen within the next 30 years that cause yeah. 10% of the population, which means that right now, across the spectrum of all humanity, suddenly, for some reason, in the next 30 years, all babies being born, essentially starting right now, yeah. all have to be born with this telekinetic mutation, which that's not really how mutations work. There's suddenly well, we don't know humanity if there some... wakes up one day and suddenly ten percent of the population is magical. We don't know if there's well, some external story, you know? factor or something that happens, like that maybe there it's some sort of byproduct of genetically engineered food or something global like warming. That, or... There could have been something. I mean, assuming something... the loopers were only sending you cannot people... say that there's no way that there's any sort of technology can have immediate and lasting well, no. effects. You on... can you can write that off by saying assuming the loopers were only only ever sent anybody back thirty years exactly thirty years back in time. Mm-hmm. That's something like that. That looping. time loop created create like point. schism to something in in the human genetic structure, something yeah. like that. Metaphysically, caused some kind of damage to the world and or something. Yeah, you could say it's that. Like, I, but I like, didn't feel the need to take a closer look at the world building. No, I like, like I like most of the world building is just kind of like off it's the cuff. Sketch. It's like it's the like, telekinesis why... is the one thing where it's just kind of a little bit like I don't like I don't know why that was actually in the movie though. But uh, when but you was... look at it as from a supervillain, yeah. when you look at it from the Unbreakable perspective, exactly. that makes sense. Like when I left that movie, I'm like that movie is actually a very good companion movie to Unbreakable. That kid is a little bit less interesting with that. Well, he's less of a threat without the telekinesis. Yes. Obviously, then he's just a super genius. Yeah. yeah, at least with the telekinesis, you can understand how he he could have survived by himself without his mom being yeah. three years old and jumping on the train. And well, stuff it's like, like but like I, what I thought was interesting was that it's about you know. I like the idea of a movie about because it's uh, it's ultimately about this little boy and like you know what who a happens... lot of people seem to think is Jordan Gordon Levitt, which makes no sense to me. I've seen multiple people online say, "Oh yeah, it's obviously that kid grows up." He, Joseph he... Gordon Levitt doesn't have any telekinesis. Also, the kid is there's no time and travel why would he in twenty forty four. Yeah, there's no. Does it make sense? But people, think, <laughs> you know what? That's people thinking like, too it's hard. It's a time travel movie. movie. What if Joseph Gordon Levitt is also Emily Blunt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, that's what people are doing. Yeah. I want Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> To make out with Joseph Gordon. No, really, my only two problems. Well, I had three problems in the movie. The hoverbike special effects. Little they were much. really bad. They're really bad. That got into like YouTube video quality. That like, was I thought really it was bad. a whitest kids you know sketch for a second. The green screen, the blue screen was really bad. And then the a character has a hoverbike, and for no for no reason, there's it's, the it's a hoverbike. It could have been just a normal bike or something like that. There well, were normal cars running around. Well, I love the detail of the normal cars. That was one of my favorite things with the the, the alternate power source. Yeah, the, uh, there were uh, there were like quote unquote modern day cars like from today or even older that have been modified for whatever the retrofit inter- so like they've got all these tubes in the in the gas tanks and everything like that and some in poorer people had cars with like uh, solar cell stuff i like that was the poorest people like had the solar cell like yeah. stuff just like almost like duct taped to the hood of their cars and stuff i liked the that way they built the social structure in this world like the 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 um the, um, you saw the very wealthy and the very poor and like the vagabonds. The, the poor have gotten a hell of a lot poorer and they're all in America whereas yeah. the rich people are all over all in Asia. China. Yeah, China. Okay. Go to China. I'm from the future. <laughs> Go to China. It was my favorite line. Those are my favorite lines. Well, even Jeff Daniels, he's wearing kind of like a Chinese smock top. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny he's giving Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt crap for wearing a tie. He's like, that's an affectation, man. You're yeah. just wearing that because you saw a movie that was based off a movie from 
100 years ago. Yeah, he's like, come up with something like, new. As he said, he's like, wear something rubber. I don't know, or like something that glows. <laughs> he's do like, something new, yeah. Do something new. And I liked, well, I like, the thing I heard a lot of people make fun of is like, oh, the future gangsters are Amish. I the, thought that was fantastic. No, it was great because it was like, it was very much so like westernized Chinese clothing. Like they made a very conscious. Think about that. that hat. Was well, you like never got to see what ethnicity those guys were. You, you just kind of see them in silhouette. You didn't at all. But like, and then the, they're kind of trench coats. But they like had like a black on black cardinals pattern, or something. Yeah, like, like sort of thing, like an Asian pattern. And that hat is like a fedora mixed with well, like a. The movie's filled with like kind of arbitrarily stylish choices, like the fact that everyone's it's running Ryan around Johnson with giant movie. oversized revolvers. Even right. Like, well, the blunderbuss didn't make any sense either. Well, the blunder. I like that's not even a modified shotgun. As much as like someone took some PVC piping and a wooden handle and made that a prop gun. Yeah. But I yeah. loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, the did fact they call it blunderbuss, blunderbuss. I love the collection of things with the blunderbuss great. when he goes to pick up the silver. Well, did you notice in the movie they simplified it? Because they have that shot in the movie where he puts his blunderbuss in the filing thing. No, what happened? In the movie they could just say Looper's guns here. Yeah. And then an actual in, oh, it says in, 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 the trailer, in, the in the trailer it says Looper's guns here because anyone who's not me. That's a good point. Because I would have been sitting going, oh, they call it a blunderbuss. That's adorable. And meanwhile in the movie they're like, yeah, no, it's a blunderbuss. Oh, that's fantastic. I want to say digitally go back and fix that. Or if that they was actually... someone's job. Someone in the studio was like, "You can't. Who knows what a blunderbuss is? You got to say what that is because that's just a tube." With I do like great I do like on. when what's his name calls uh calls out uh Joe for using the blunderbuss. He was like, yeah. "That's stupid because you you can you can't you can't help but hit anything that's fifteen meters in front of you. But yeah. anything that's fifteen pieces pieces beyond, you're gonna miss. And that's well, why it's he a, uses it's, that's why it is a looper's gun. What's a, what was his character's name for Brick? That guy. I may have been he's the bad Joe. He was the greaser guy. Oh yeah, the pie house rat was in. Uh, yeah, the pie house rat was also in Brothers Bloom. Oh, was he? He was the host of the party that they go to. At oh, the that's right. Movie. Yeah, when he showed up, it took me a moment to like. Well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was also in that scene very briefly. Man, he played a member of the band. Looper, incestuous. But oh, the yeah. the worst oh, yeah. part of the movie is so there's this uh, best buddy of Jordan go- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Can we just call him Jiggles? Paul Dano. Jiggles, I'm fine with that. Yeah, they're Jiggles' buddy Paul Dano. He's also a looper, just like uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, he fails in killing his older self. And so, uh, in order to bring in his you older self... You thought that self, was the worst part of the movie? It was the best part of the movie. Oh, the best part? Okay. Well, the yeah. creepiest part, at least. Where the they really use the time travel stuff to really that look at the most oh, maximum man, creepiest. So, in order to, like, to bring in the older version of this character, who is now also running around in the same world as the younger version... And this, they capture the younger... Poverty, they can't find him anywhere. Yeah. They capture the younger version of this guy... And start torturing him and like start cutting into his arm. Uh, so like he gets the older version of, of himself gets the scar saying meet us at this address. But they like this guy's this message is, appears as a scar on this guy's arm it's because I've captured the younger version of himself in the same in the same world right. and they're car- carving this into this guy's arm as a younger person. So yeah, it's magically appearing as a scar on the older guy. Funny. Oh, and it was scary because he so he he's like I'm not gonna do that. And he starts climbing this fence to get away, and then as he's climbing, his fingers start disappearing. Not bloodily. It's not no. like suddenly like they get chopped off. But it's like thirty years ago. Yeah. So he's kind of climbing. We raise like he's like one finger's gone, and then he's looking at it, and his second finger disappears. Next thing, his whole hand yeah, is gone. Really and so it he realizes really creepy. He realizes what they're doing to like how they're doing this. So he realizes he's got to get in the car and actually get back to where they're meeting up with this address that they carved into his arm. But as he's driving, more parts of his body starts disappearing. His nose disappears. Just cuts off. He's just got the nasal cavity there. One of his creepy. feet just disappears. Well, yeah, as he's driving, all of a sudden the car loses control because he lost that foot. Yeah. And he's running, and he's like, he can't run. Oh, it's so creepy. And he, really... he crashes route right in front of where he's supposed to meet these people, but then he gets to the point where, like, most of his limbs are gone, and he's, like, he's just, like, this limbless 
like noseless oh, freak. So they cut creepy. out his tongue, so he's trying to scream and talk. And he's just like, yeah. ah, oh, so and creepy. He dies right before he actually gets to where he's supposed to meet the guys who are like torturing his. Well, no, they kick the door open because he, he hammers the door and he collapses. Oh, uh, that's right. He shoots him, and then they drag his body into where yeah. they're carving up the young. Yeah, because because and, and you see because he gets to the door and it open and there's like this my stomach. Hurt. Oh, it was creepy. And like I said, it's it not very, bloody. It was not bloody at all. But it was, <laughs> it was one of the creepiest. You don't see any violence. It's all just the implied and masterful fucking editing but yeah. the, and it was oh man that and that it, so the some of the effects like for his fingers missing obviously it was digital replacement and some of that was kind of cheesy but where he's actually running down the street and part, it was movie magic i was sitting here going how'd they do that because like he's running and all of a sudden part of his leg is missing but his pants his pants are loose and it was very and the like, score they developed for forrest gump and yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. And the score, it's like, it's, it's it's like this 50, the 60s jazz choir. that's like, where's my leg? Where's my fingers? That's so sad. Uh, <laughs> that's not what happened. That's not what the happened. The score was very I cool. I feel better now if you sing it. <laughs> that's right. The score was very cool because, so his, um, this filmmaker, Ryan Johnson, his, I think his cousin is a musician and scored his other two films. The score are some of the strongest points of those films. Where the other movies, all the characters had themes. Like the Yeah, best. this score is a lot more subtle. Well, this, this score has, there is a theme for the movie and then they kind of play with it a lot but what he did was he went as they were recording everything and he recorded sound effects from where they were in louisiana and in china and like the sound of like a of a door stop like of a springy door stop like thing and then he took that back and he digitally modified it and made this orchestra of sound effects so the score has this very familiar sound because they're actual sounds it's manipulated sound effects that are manipulated musically yeah yeah and then he does actually have an orchestra too and some actual real electronic like techno kind of but it's a neat it's a very neat like very otherworldly and feel it sounds very wrong like yeah. it's, it's like seeing your own face out of context, exactly right? it's like yeah because like, a musical you know like it, but it's alien at the same time it'll be like techno music like a and then suddenly the musical be like like a sound effect that just kind of like being flipped around like yeah like some kind of weird and like speed up and slow down so good like i it's so good um and uh the i loved all the costuming and everything like that and uh the i really liked the prop design of the gat and the, the giant, not even just revolvers, but giant revolvers. This gat with like this really crazy long barrel, and I loved the joke of Kid Blue trying to do tricks and failing because the gun is so awkwardly huge. Yeah, and so Joseph Gordon-Levitt just looks at him and goes, "Don't shoot your other foot." One of my favorite bits in the movie is when uh, there's a scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, meets Bruce Willis. It's it's their only one real scene together in the whole movie yeah. is at the diner. Yeah, uh, is there's a scene where Bruce Willis runs out of the diner and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the other uh, his buddies, all the bad guys, are chasing. His Buddies. <laughs> yes, former, now suddenly former buddies are chasing Bruce Willis out of the diner. Uh, Jordan Gordon Levitt, uh, he spikes his gun into the ground. He yeah, like he throws it down on the ground, suit. but he spikes yeah. it down accidentally like a lawn dart, and so his gun is just sticking barrel first out of the dirt. And it's very which, totally and, just a take. It yeah, not but it's just hilarious. It's just it's a nice great movie. image. Well, what's great is he's frustrated because he runs out of bullets, and they're all chasing after Bruce Willis, and he's like, he throws his gun down, and so he and this guy who's like the the minion of the bad guy kind of stand there heaving, like, oh, he missed him, and then they kind of look up, and, yeah. and you can see the look on the minion's face, like, oh yeah, I'm chasing after you too. <laughs> Because if they can away. capture Joseph Gordon-Levitt, they can do the same thing to him and yeah. Bruce Willis, what right. they did to this other guy, who, yeah. they, if they capture the younger version of this guy from the future, they yeah. can cut and him that up is, and that's force him yeah. to force the old guy to come in. But what I thought was, so the movie, when they did the trailers, Joseph, or, uh, Brian Johnson said pretty much immediately, it's like, don't, if you want to see this movie already, and you want to be surprised, don't watch any trailers. I did not see, that's why I was surprised, I thought this was going to be more of a buddy movie, where it's going to well, be Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis teaming up. 
to fight the bad guys. Yeah. They only have one season, uh, one 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 real scene together, and that's a, that's the whole heart of the movie right there is that yeah. whole conversation about him and his wife yeah. and his future wife. And yeah, and like saved and, and acting stuff. unselfless, unselfishly, which is great. Young Joseph Gordon-Levitt cannot. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is a jerk in this movie. He's a jack. He's, he's a young. He's a young gangster who has no vision of the future. He and really. He says, that is two not different characters. Thinkers. Well, that's why it's great. Yeah, because it's exactly what you'd say to yourself. You meet yourself thirty years later. It's like, what are you doing? You're selfish. Well, well I thought the whole uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, uh, uh, young Joe, he's addicted to like this eyedropper, whatever new drug it is that they use like thirty years from now. And I thought that was kind of well. He's a, he's a drug addict too. I thought that was a little well, hamfisted. But that's justification. That 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 that's justification as to why. Bruce Willis is so into like the lady he marries later on in the future yeah, because she she yeah. helps him clean up and stuff yeah, and well if you that live, kind of encapsulates why he likes that lady so much it's it's not I just not about think the drug that was stuff a cheap thing just because if you are living this self destructive lifestyle no the drug other the drug addiction and him being cleaned up is just shorthand for other stuff about when oh, you get yes. older and you learn to settle down and learn yeah. to sacrifice and people love you and accept their love yeah and stuff like that the, the, the drug thing is just shorthand for like a larger concept yeah so it's nice to have that there other than if that wasn't there, Bruce Willis would just be stuck there saying, "Grow the fuck up." It's hard. To, it's a hard. It's a, it's a, it's hard to articulate to someone younger saying, yeah. "You just don't have any idea what you're talking about." Yeah, like yeah. I loved how Bruce how Bruce Willis met his wife. Yeah, it's this great sequence because he's a gangster in China and uh, he's living the high life and he's making really self destructive. This is older Bruce Willis too. This yeah, is older Bruce Willis and this is this is like because he has thirty years to live his life before he knows he's going to be killed and this is like year twenty seven like he's getting to the end but he's still a gangster and getting more and more addicted to harder drugs and there's this great sequence where the sound all drops out and it's just music. And uh, it's a bar fight. This bar fight has started. And he turns and he sees this woman. And so it's all slow motion. This fight is going on behind him. And he's like, hi. Hello, like, ladies. Hey, lady. Yeah. And, she, and she just turns and goes, <laughs> and walks away. Because he's in this fight. And this fight is going on behind him. And he's oblivious to it. And that's how it falls. Assuming they meet up later. Well, they do. He meets her again. Yeah. yeah. But it's it was a great, it was such a funny thing. Because it's like the meet cute is a bar fight. <laughs> Her reaction to it was she, great too. It's realistic. Like, I'm not gonna fall in love with you. you, some thug in a fifty-year-old yeah. thug in a bar fight getting his ass kicked. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna fall, suddenly fall in love with you, yeah. but like, but, uh, yeah. it was. I I oh, liked yeah. exactly. But I I liked. I I thought it was. I love Ryan Johnson. He's such a neat storyteller. I like the stories he likes to tell, and um, I this is one of my show notes. I salute Ryan Johnson's inclusion of female masturbation or almost female masturbation in his last two movies. In the Brothers of Old Bloom, his last movie, did you see that? You would There's a masturbation scene Twitter. on a train. There is. That's but it's it is about her character. I know. But um uh, actually Brothers Does it Bloom have to do with the train? Oh, well, the train, it's a character moment. It's, the train it's, is like she's she. This whole point is this woman. She's lived. She her. She thought she was very very ill. Her family thought she was very ill, and her family was very wealthy. So they showered her with everything. She had photography lessons. She learned how to fence and skateboard and all these other things. But everything she could do within the four walls, because they thought that if she went outside, she'd be ill. And then she grows up and she realizes that I can't remember exactly, but she's not. She's fine, and she could go outside, but she's never been outside she's so she's she's stuck in this place. so the movie is her first adventure out it's out about of the her real first world. it's her first time going out in the and world. so she and she's she never really con men and they're gonna try and pull a con on her but she's like i want to be a con man <laughs> It's about and this grand adventure. Wasn't she just, just exploring herself sexually for the first time? Well, she's, she's, well, on, she's, a yeah, she's, she's on, on a train. Yeah, she's on a train. Oh, the train is so exciting. And there's you a thunderstorm, and she's like... all kind of turned on by the whole, like, <laughs> it's, you see it in the movie it's in the context the that sweetest, makes sense. It is a very it's cute very movie. sweet. And Looper, there's a scene where a lady, she's she's about to, she's contemplating kind of masturbating. She pulls up the hem of her dress, and she's like, I had a guy living in my shed. 
I want to quit. I'm going to click my squeaky frog butt and get his ass up there, and then we'll have sex. It was. Which, it, that's gross because then if people think of yeah, if people think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is that is kid that he's boy. having sex with his own mom, it's or like aunt? this internet theory is ever. I know. Well, no, no, she is his mom. She is I his know. Mom. Well, you. Well, that's the whole thing. Where, well, he's this little boy doesn't Back think. Back to the future. Yeah. Me. <laughs> no, this oh. little boy doesn't think that, that that Emily Blunt is his mother because what happened was Emily Blunt was living in the city. This is almost a little too complicated. This is another. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It pays off well when the kid finally uh, like yeah. says, "Mommy." Well, I liked. But I liked her. Redemption. The back and forth about it is a little. I like. There's not back and forth. He says, "You're not my mother." He says, "Not your mother." No, I'm his mother, and here's what happened. That's yeah. not back and forth. Yeah. Anyway, you know? I'm sorry. She's... And it's about her redemption. Her her, the choice that she makes because she was she was in the big city and this party lady and she would the implication was that she was kind of maybe even a prostitute or something or but she was living the high life back in the city and when she got pregnant and had this little boy she was like i'm not gonna let him cramp my style so she takes him out to the farm where her sister lives and it's like you raise him and leaves and she only comes back when her sister dies because what happens is the little boy gets caught underneath a bookcase and he's young enough and he can't control his powers or anything and he yeah, he's telekinetic yeah because he's just trying to escape he doesn't know what he's doing and she and so she goes out to the farm and she chooses to change her life because she's she's like he has this ability but he's just a little boy and he just needs and she feels she's so deeply ashamed that she left him she's like she need he needs me and he needs to be raised but this little boy is hyper intelligent and he 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 tells Joseph Gordon Levitt he's like she's a liar. I remember my real mom. This woman says she's my mom, but I remember my mom. They, I was young, and they don't she don't think I can remember. I, can I can't imagine being a parent and watching this movie because like her relationship yeah. with her kid is weird enough. Like she loves her son, but the kid doesn't think that she is his mom, yeah. and he's kind of like she he's a scary kid. He break my heart. Yeah, well, and he it's doesn't say it to weird. her. He says it to Joseph. It's not a cute relationship. And she have. there's a scene where he flips out at her. She, she has to hide and save. She has insinuated that she's that's what she does. Like that's not a one-time oh, yeah, occurrence. That's, a, the, that's her he safety room. Out and he starts going all telekinetic because she knows he can't control himself yet. He's gotten better. Yeah, he's a troll. He's like a four and or five so year old kid. And she runs to his safe and she's sitting in the safe, like terrified. And like, as he's tearing apart his own bedroom, ter- oh, yeah, with telekinetic powers. She goes back out and he hugs her and he's like, "I'm sorry, I love you." Because he's just a little boy. He doesn't. It was very... It <laughs> that was very actor well is done. nuts. That I don't know kid, where they got that kid. Dear Lord, that kid was amazing. I think it's just Andy Serkis. <laughs> in a little boy suit, mo-capping. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But so what was really interesting was the moment in the movie where... So so Bruce Willis knows that his future wife is killed through the actions of this anchor, <laughs> of this gangster, the Rainmaker. And um, uh, if he kills baby Rainmaker before he becomes the Rainmaker, then everything will be different. So that means he knows three little kids who could be the Rainmaker, and he has to go and kill an innocent little boy. Three and innocent little boys. Well, technically, he's, gonna... he's going to have to mow through three to do this. To and find out. He may, the first one may be the Rainmaker, and then his his memories of the past will change, and all things are different. But that means he kills an innocent... Of the, two of these kids are innocent. And the first kid he kills is not the Rainmaker. Uh, that's and he worse. knows... He knows because his things haven't changed that he killed oh, yeah. an innocent little boy. That that's why that movie was rated R. He starts falling apart. Yeah, you couldn't do that in PG thirteen. I was surprised when he finds out that the second kid is actually the daughter of an old friend. That yeah. I'm surprised. He, like because he's at that point, he's got a 50-50 chance of whether or not like that daughter, that kid of a daughter, yeah. of, of that that kid that belongs to his old friend mm-hmm. is the kid. I'm surprised he just didn't move on to the farm and try to kill that kid first, and then. If that still doesn't work, come back and try well, to kill that kid. He last. knows that if he goes after the kid, then he has to also deal with Bruce. With well, yeah, he's got limited resources. He's on the he's on the run and yeah. stuff like that. But it's still a little bit like if I was thinking about. I was wondering if he just may just avoid 
like, I don't know. Well, also going after that kid just gets well, he's willing to sacrifice gets him caught, and yeah. then the movie actually does turn into. There's a 15 minute chunk where the movie just t- turns just into a an hardcore action, action movie. <laughs> where just Bruce Willis mowing down 30 people with a machine gun, <laughs> and like all the time travel stuff just starts, and him just like killing everybody. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. I, it was so funny that Brian Johnson went from making The Brothers Bloom, a romantic whimsical crime caper movie with an understrain of melancholy, to Looper. A hard R science fiction movie where Bruce Willis kills a little boy. <laughs> and, but then it also turns into an action movie for a and while. It, yeah, it's an, it, I, I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm really looking forward to, in 20 years, looking back over Ryan Johnson's body of work. He's the, crazy. The joke I made is that his next movie needs to be a comedy. He can make he can remake Brigadoon. That would be awesome. Yeah. I know you always wanted Steven Spielberg to his musical to be Brigadoon. But... I did. I do want Steven Spielberg to do Brigadoon. I think Steven Spielberg. I could totally be, see that. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. a brilliant, a brilliant combination. For oh, him. they did a trailer for Lincoln before Looper. I could not be less interested in Lincoln. And on the face of it, it's everything that I want to see. Is your review already stinking Lincoln? <laughs> stinking Lincoln. No, I, I. You know, I like history, and I, Joseph, uh, David Daniel Day Lewis as as Lincoln isn't. Good casting thing, and, casting and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in that as well, and his mm-hmm. pencil mustache. But I, the trailer is just so. Is this Abraham Lincoln from the Vampire? Trailer? No, this is actual. Oh, it's just a biopic of Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. And Steven Spielberg. I know everyone's upset because Lincoln. his voice doesn't sound right. Well, Which you know, the second out. time I watched him, like he is, he's not talking. He's talking. He is talking a little. But from all the documentaries and stuff, everyone expects Lincoln to sound like yes, and this we did this yeah. and there. Well, her. real Abe Lincoln had an high. I know, and voice. that's what Spielberg's defense of that and yeah. Daniel D. Lewis is that we're going off by what the historians say, not what everyone thinks it is, because yeah. he sounded so and so like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We're going yeah. more for what? Yeah, Foley did point out that it must have been interesting for Lee Pace. To be, because Lee Pace, Lee Pace plays a pro-slavery um, uh, person, and he's like, he, the implication of the movie is that he's formulating all the pro-slavery arguments against Abraham Lincoln, and um, it's it must have been interesting for Lee Pace to play a person fighting for the second-class citizenship of an element of their country when Lee Pace is gay. <gasps> Like, hey, I'm proud of that. I'm he's a good actor. He, Lee Pace is an amazing. He's actor. secretly black, so it's even more <laughs> ironic. Secretly black. No one knows. He's so handsome. No one knows. Are you all black people are ugly? Black. What are you saying? No, no. My, I was like racist. Like, well, that was everyone. When I told, <laughs> no, a friend of mine was like watching. Had watched um, Pushing Daisies. Like Lee Pace can't be gay. He's too beautiful. He's too <laughs> handsome to be gay. He's too sad. Uh, Lee Pace is fantastic, but yeah. Uh, anything I'm trying to think of else about Looper because I have stuff to, t- to talk about the story stuff. But I'm trying to think of anything else that was yeah. The world building was fantastic. I liked the world building. The end of I the like movie. that we've seen. This is now two movies we've seen in the last couple of years with future Kansas, with distant buildings because that was how Star Trek opened. Oh, you know what? Now that also had a hover bike. Yes, it did. Oh, you think about that? Yeah. Well, technically that's Iowa, but oh, it's right next door, but close enough. Like but it smells like cornfields and shit exactly. like that. Exactly. That's what I thought of. That was the first thing I thought of was oh, yeah. the old guy in the hover bike. Well, it's funny because like the first shot you see of Kansas, it's he's kind of like out in the field after he collects the body. You see the camera pans over and it's like CGI, like future Kansas yeah. with like skyscrapers and stuff like that. Yeah. That's you know, that that's hilarious. I like I love Ryan Johnson because in the future they're not hobos. They're not they're they're vagrants. Did you see what the genesis of the movie was? Yeah, I guess before he did Brick, he did a short film which was the genesis, which was the whole gist of the movie where he just had this idea of this guy waiting in a cornfield with a shotgun waiting to shoot somebody and the guy magically appears out of the blue and it's a guy kneeling on on a tarp and it turns out to be the guy's future self and the guy blows him uh, tries to blow him away but then the guy escapes and runs away and that's the end of the short film. Hmm. 
And so he always wanted to turn that into a feature length film because he thought that was an interesting idea. He had no idea what that scene meant. Even yeah. him, he just thought it was kind of a cool idea that some, for some reason, some guy's waiting for his old future self to show up yeah, bound and in like, hogtie. There's a shadow of a whole story right there. Yeah, right? exactly. You can't help it. And it's funny that he was able to take that and turn it into a whole, like all those elements from that original short film, which there, I don't know yeah. if anyone else has seen it aside from Ryan Johnson. But like, yeah, that's that is huh. kind of the genesis of the film. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was listening to a, just a he was on a podcast last night talking mm-hmm. about that. But yeah, just also like, like the the image of people being sent back in time with their backs filled with uh, like silver. Yeah, and just the creepy idea that like the moment you shoot somebody and then you fi- find out it's gold that you just killed yourself. That yeah. looks just the creepy. It was his nice. He's really there's good creepy at these... imagery idea stuff, yeah. which is just Ryan like... Johnson is very good at these visuals that stay with you. Yeah, like like Brothers Bloom and Brick are very different movies, but they all have these visuals that just get in your head. I I see George with Joseph Gordon Levin. I just still see him on the on the on the football field at the yeah. end of Brick, just looking oh, so man. destroyed. Well, what's interesting is that all all of his movies end with like an open shot of like one of the primary characters like it with this openness of what happens next i'd like to see a movie him do a movie where the heroes don't get kicked in the balls at the very end too because yeah brick he finds out like his his the thing with his kid yeah brothers bloom one of the main characters dies and that's that technically that's a happy ending the one character who was never really gonna do interesting in the world anyway who knew he knew he was gonna die yeah is dead. I would. I'm really curious to see Ryan Johnson make like because he's so he's made these really neat genre films. I would want to see him make a romance. He can do anything in genre. Yeah, I know he's anything no, Ryan Johnson does will be good. He out of mind. Did you anticipate what what uh, Young Joe was going to do right before no! he did at the end? The whole movie, I'm sitting here going, "What the hell is going to happen?" I never saw it coming. Yeah, when it was like when he like when he sees you have the quick flash forward and he yeah. under, when he understands what's happening, I'm like, "Oh shit, I know he's yeah." Oh, man, I, this well, you know happen. what I loved? You know what befuddled the hell out of my audience is yeah. the movie. There's a moment in the movie where oh, Joseph Bruce Willis is there, and then um, he Bruce Willis escapes. And it scoots off. And then all of a sudden, there's like, you hear the sound of the clock ticking, and the shot opens again. It's Bruce Willis standing in the cornfield with, excuse me, young Joseph Gordon Lovett standing in the cornfield waiting, and Bruce Willis appears. And you're, it's this moment of, like, did what? the film skip? Well, it's because what happens is, so you see Bruce Willis run away. You think, at first, it seems like it's flash forward or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but like, you found out it's, it's just. Like, it's just broken ni- well, it's linear narrative. It's, it's Unlinear narrative. It's showing yeah. what happened to Bruce Willis. It's showing Bruce Willis' regression. Because for all this to have happened, Bruce Willis shot old Bruce right. Willis, lived his life, and had all the things that happened. Yeah. And then we end Bruce Willis's story where he goes back in time to be shot and things happen differently. It was very clever. Like the whole, I heard the audience scratching their heads as well. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I've seen people describe Looper as a movie for people who couldn't understand Inception, but there's some shit in, in Looper that's you're like, wait, it what? It is less know? dense than Inception. But, but the time travel stuff, it, the, yeah. the, the, the the internal consistency of the how yeah. time travel works, they adhere to it so solidly, though, yeah. that well, it can be confusing if you're not really... time travel movie, really. Yeah. But emotionally, you don't need to really under, yeah. need to understand that for the, emo- the movie to work yeah. on an emotional level. But yeah, young man, old man, mama, baby. Uh, speaking of the know. time stuff, uh, well, it's interesting. Like when people write time travel stories, one of the big things that always comes out whether can paradoxes exist in that in in in, in that fictional universe? Because one of the big uh, scientists uh, always say the fact that paradoxes could exist precludes the the ability for time travel to exist. Yeah. Um. So I guess. Looper, uh, the uh, the model of time travel, uh, Looper's model of time travel must be okay with paradoxes. If young Joe can kill himself to keep the entire story from happening without the whole world ending, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, do you ever see Young Joe's body again after he shoots himself? Because he shoots himself. I don't think you, you see him you again. You see parts of him. Because at the end, you see her, like, touch his, like, pet his Is head. that what it is? Okay. Yeah, because you see his body. He exists. Because killing himself should have kept the whole movie after Old Joe appears yeah, on the murder happening. tarp. I call it the murder tarp with the capital MT. Yeah. Uh, from happening. Young Joe's body should have vanished because he had never, because uh, he never had to have killed himself. Yeah. And so Young Joe should probably still be looping. But that means the silver bars that the farm lady finds should also have instantly re- relocated back to Still Living Joe's vault. And the farm lady's memories of dead young Joe should have never happened. Yeah. Though, if Sid now never becomes the Rainmaker, then none of this will have happened. And young Joe will just be a regular schmuck trying to carve out a living on the streets of Kansas. I'm going to say something that's going to sound very complicated. Yeah. So I think the present, and I'm as I'm saying this, I'm like, I don't know. I know. This is, yeah, this is. I think it's the way the world works. This doesn't make any sense as I'm saying this. I think it's like Bruce Willis explains. It's like, my past happened until you change it because he describes it's basically like if you imagine a timeline and bruce willis has lived through this and now he's back synced up with his earlier self as things happen the timeline is being rewritten yeah and then that's the new you don't you don't create new split timelines it's the same timeline just being revised like a word document or something like that yeah so so if you go back so everything that happened up to joseph gordon levitt killing himself happened yeah that that is mutable because that the little boy, the first little boy that Bruce Willis killed, is still dead. Yeah, like these things all still. That's happen. what I'm saying. But like, but if that kid, if that, I don't if that, think about it too hard. This is the part where things start to break down because <laughs> if that kid only died because because Bruce Willis shot him. But if that, but then but Joseph if, Gordon Levitt killing himself yeah. precludes time travel from ever but being Joseph invented. But Joseph Gordon Levitt hadn't killed himself before that time. I know. That's that's what I'm saying. This is the part where it's like, like it's time travel Bruce over Wilson overrides never died until that time. exactly because yeah. because oh, time travel only overrides itself up to a point up to the quote unquote present. <laughs> See, it doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. I don't care because I that's what I'm saying. The fact that we can have these conversations. If you think too hard about it, doesn't make. But sense. most time travel like, movies, you can't have you this. Just enjoy it. Just yeah. Enjoy it. You can't. There's but I love that it's uh, it's Bruce Willis who, after making Twelve Monkeys, yeah. which is that's an also a re- another recursive, self looping mm-hmm. kind yeah. of time travel movie. That you know, it's just it's just Well, what I liked that this movie was secretly about, ultimately about the genesis of a superhero or supervillain. Although it doesn't happen at the end, though. Well, no, something happens in Redemption. Absolutely, we don't know what happens if he goes down that same path. Well, we don't know. He, well, he has his path. mom. He has his mom. What does that change? We assume. I like that they didn't need to go like thirty years in the future. That's no, 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 no. You could make. There's room for a sequel if you wanted there to be. Though theoretically, then that means that looping still happens. So if you want to argue that the Rainmaker invented, assuming the, well, we're assuming assuming that Sid. That's what I'm saying. That like yeah, the silver is still there. Something's weird because that yeah. silver, like I said, Joe's body and the silver should have instantly disappeared. Yeah. Because if 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 if. He but that's himself. assuming that the that's Rainmaker the invented time travel. I know, but that's what I'm assuming because that's what they kind of set up. Although, so if you there's wanna, wiggle room if there. If you want to argue, maybe Mom then, invented time travel. So <laughs> yeah, she's about to wish she's stupid. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe they discovered the physics. You know, physics says that every option actually exists in the universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, maybe, it's, maybe they're trying to... I just, the fact that the time machine was a naked woman that you just hug? <laughs> that was gratuitous. The time machine design was pretty cool because it looked almost like a bathosphere. That you just crawl like into that's just like in this foundry somewhere. There's no like well, a moving electrical it's a, it's parts illegal, or anything. It's an illegal facility. Yeah, it's I love just, that fact. It's so it's illegal. The moment time, is time, time travel is invented immediately. Well, that's the other. That's the other justification for the idea that Sid 
invented time travel because like he may have come out and said, "I invented time travel." As soon as he got outlawed, he's like, "Oh, I got the only time machine. Fuck you! I'm gonna do stuff the way I want to do." It. But then why would he publicly announce? That I know that doesn't make any sense. Maybe someone found out about it and leaked it. I'm just like, saying it's the future. Someone else can invent time travel. Yeah, little phones or a little plastic. Like the text though was just kind of yeah. That's that show one of the ways they show this little kid's hyper intelligence is that you know Joe Gordon Love is like I need a signal to you if someone comes and At, so when they're hiding out this farmhouse yeah out the farm so this little boy he takes this little LED frog that can, can like when you press one the other one makes a little sound and and, and blinks um the little boy is taking it apart. And amplify. He's like, I just have to amplify the batteries to work. And that's a five year old actor, a little boy so, kid doing says, this acting. She says he's supposed to be ten at some point. Is that her part of her February? Ten? No, yeah, no. He's long. It'll be because okay. how also, old is that little kid? The kid I have no point the, of reference. That part of the movie is twenty forty four. Uh, the number that they use like is that is the Rainmaker's identification number when she oh, marks yeah. off this what is his birthday. He was born, I think it's like 03, 07, 39. Okay. So, so he would five. only be four or five. Yeah. Okay. So. I was, I have no, little children to be, they're just like. I know. They're babies. He's not 10 though. And then they're 18 and I have no idea of what, like what size is what little, age. Little McElroy invents time travel. He looks just like Justin McElroy to me. Oh, I, it God. was wonderful. I enjoyed it so much. All the performances were great. Kathy, what did you think? Consumer. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I said this is obvious. Spoilers, he dies at the end. Everyone dies. Bill, you should delete that tweet, you jerk. Even just making a joke about him dying is not... I didn't joke about him dying. Yes, you did. You made a joke. You said, it's so great that Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills himself at the end so he doesn't invent cheese or whatever dumb joke you made. No, I said he, he, has, to, he has to send his clone back to Earth. He has to sacrifice himself to send his clone back to Earth. I was making a moon joke. Oh. Because, okay. you know, three years ago, that was the one movie you didn't want to spoil. Someone to smack you. Oh, that was Dylan. I the what? No, 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 no. Someone else tweeted. Oh, really? Yeah, well, fuck y'all's listeners. The whole <laughs> Welcome to the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're built insults everyone who gives us feedback about anything. So yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much Looper. It's a good Looper movie. Ryan Johnson, I was mine. He cray cray. He retweeted me yesterday. Me him saying he was cray cray. <laughs> there you go. I Bill. love that guy. Oh, the best. The, this is the my favorite part of going to see the movie yesterday. I was listening to uh, the Breaking Bad uh, podcast, which is put together by the people who make the TV show Breaking Bad. And uh, Ryan, this guy who wrote and directed this movie, had also directed a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. And so they were talking on this podcast. I was listening to on my iPhone, uh, my iPod on the way to the theater. They were talking about how great Ryan Johnson was because they were talking about just like the stuff he's done for the show and stuff like that. And at the end of the uh, the, the credits, there's a little shout out. Hey, a little special thanks out. A shout out to Vince Gilligan and the whole Breaking Bad crew. And it's funny because as soon as the I saw that, I put my headphones back on, and it was yeah. where the Breaking Bad guys talking about Ryan Johnson was great again. Yeah. So like a little loop Ryan of love Johnson right there. Ryan Johnson seems like a solid guy. A loop of love. Yeah, a loop, loop of, of love. love. That's what they need to put on on this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. loop of love. That should be the title of this week's podcast. That's better. But yeah, I wish I could get you to Breaking Bad just so you can see some of Ryan Johnson's work I can't, on there. But... This is where I am. My mother's daughter. I have no interest in watching television that's about deep fundamental unhappiness. That's no, why I'll fine. never watch Mad Men. That's why I'll never I'm watch Breaking, you, Breaking Bad. I'll never yeah. watch. Breaking Bad because that was Malcolm's dad and Malcolm's dad should not be <laughs> that is weird guy. yeah it's it's a little it was hard enough to watch Drive I don't know I don't drive. know if you can go back and watch Malcolm in the middle after you've seen Breaking Bad and not just be creeped out by it because you're expecting <laughs> that like the, the, the dad to freak out and start shooting people or something yeah, yeah. Well, the world is filled with so much evil and so much madness and yeah. sadness I don't want to involve that into my life. Yeah, it's kind of rude to be a white guy and watch a show about a uh, a white, smart, nice guy who means well, but then turns into a monster. It's kind of like, what the hell does that say about me? 
Anyway, so. Anyway, Cooper! friends, that was the Boy Hattie podcast. Thanks, um, Mama, for A, giving birth to me, B, being awesome, and C, being on, being on this podcast. Sitting through 20 minutes now, I was talking about, and when George is going to live, and when he turns into a zombie, when he's young, George is going to live, and then, and then Tom Waits and Bruce Willis, oh, my they have sex. Tick when he's when he's when he's Joseph Gordon Levitt aging, and there's the part where he's growing out his hair, and he's like looking at his hairline. <laughs> or no, 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 young. That's Joseph early in the movie. He's in the, his apartment, and he's looking at he's like looking at his hairline. He's like, oh like, crap, oh, man. Maybe that's a nod to uh, his uh, Third Rock. Oh, maybe he's growing his hair. Yeah, yeah. but he does hair. then grow out his hair. Oh, but like the so. transition between Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he gets the ratty hair, yeah. and then suddenly it's Bruce Willis. This that is the worst worst transition because even like <laughs> like Jordan Joseph Gordon-Levitt and kind of like older makeup with like yeah. long ratty hair, and suddenly you get like decrepit looking Bruce Willis <laughs> with like the same hair and the same outfit. Yeah. Also, too much of a like, even though it's supposed to be like five years between one yeah, cut to the on. other. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Willis had too many like pop tarts and. Oh, it's just hilarious. Pretty well, much. Thank you for letting me come and talk to you today. Yes, so friends, as always, we're um, at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter, boyhowdypodcast.com, howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com. You can email us or use the contact form on our website. Next week, we will be doing our preview of the coming We must If we don't get distracted by something else. Yes. But my mom being in town is a pretty darn good distraction. Oh, yeah, you were fantastic, Kathy. I'm glad you were on this. Boy Hattie. That's right. <laughs>